Attitude Era podcast. It is a big one. Our first pay-per-view of 1999. It is the Royal Rumble. Excited, guys. Yeah, it's our first ever Royal Rumble. Looking forward to this. I was a little bit terrified. <laughs> I had to uh, consult Billy about how best to take notes for this because I was worried it was going to be a train wreck with yeah, 30 men. It's a bit of a different one, but I yeah. think we're going to be able to cover it pretty well. There's yeah. a lot to get through here. An awful lot. Hello, everyone. I'm Kevin Mann, and joined alongside always my cohorts and comrades in this review of the Attitude Era. First and foremost, Mr. Adam Biblo. Hello. Hello there. Are you looking forward to the Royal Rumble? No chance in hell. So, so much. You would not believe. Super oh, I love this type of view. Brilliant. Billy Keeble. Hello, sir. Hello. Are you looking forward to having your heart broken? <laughs> Again. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I forgot that this match was in it until you mentioned it on Twitter. I was halfway through the pay-per-view and said at the bottom, the next match is this. I was like, ah. Oh. Oh, yeah, you had see, you not seen this before? Or? I had seen the bits of the I Quit match in Beyond the Mat. <laughs> the worst of it, though. The worst of it, but that was like two or three years ago that I'd seen it, so I couldn't remember anything about it apart from Foley's family. Well, prepare to be traumatised. <laughs> it's the 1999 Royal Rumble. Austin, there is no chance in hell. Promo package for this one. Absolutely adored. This is one of my all-time favorite so intro promos. Good, isn't it? Yeah, uh, first and foremost, the debut of arguably one of the best, one of my favorites, and arguably the most, uh, the, most the, the theme with the most longevity in wrestling history. No chance in hell. Yeah. Which is the theme song for this pay-per-view, which later would go on to be Vince McMahon and the corporations interested for many years. I love that song. So cool to find it here. It's really cool. I learned the lyrics of that song off when I was like nine years old. I was quite happy with that. Like, you know, I remember going on to AOL, like, and finding out the exact <laughs> lyrics, like, you know. What do lyrics even mean? Tie a string around your finger now, boy, because it's just a matter of time. Well, you've got no chance, innit? Like, well, you know, yeah, you no chance in hell. Finger, Pretty like. politicians buying souls for us are puppets, you know. <laughs> <laughs> they, they call themselves puppets in the theatre. So we're, we're rubbish lads, yeah, that's us, the corporation. My, my favourite thing about this promo is obviously we always get the uh, repetitive Vince McMahon lines and stuff. Oh man, so but many. In this one we had him doing the I Hate Austin from his training where it's like, the individual who eliminates Steve Austin, I hate Steve Austin, I hate Austin. <laughs> Vince McMahon and Steve Austin are the focus of this, as are most of the video packages tonight. Austin and McMahon kind of dominate, mainly because Austin has drawn number one in the Royal Rumble, but as we found out on our bonus episode of Raw from January 4th, you should go listen to that, Mr. McMahon is now number two in the Royal Rumble. Me and the two are going to square off. Vince McMahon has been training for, uh, for, this, for this big night. 
when you say 100 grand on the line, that's a 100 grand bounty on Stone Cold's head. For the man exactly, who can eliminate yes. Stone Cold. Vince McMahon, of course, doing his training, as Adam mentioned, him doing the, the sit-ups, screaming, I hate Austin. So fucking funny, <laughs> that is. Austin, him in the, in the gym, in the training facility, delivering the Max Stunner to a bunch of jobbers. <laughs> and then he says that at the Royal Rumble, he's going to get me some. <laughs> <laughs> who is this guy? <laughs> Just become some beatnik. What's so, happened to him? I'm going to get me some Austin. <laughs> <laughs> Give me a slice of that Steve Austin. Like. <laughs> the training montages building up for Vince at the Rumble were absolutely hysterical. It was kind of like Rocky. You know, they would have him, you know, running alongside the limo in the snow in Connecticut yeah. and Shane McMahon be like, hey, speed up, driver, you know, kind of. <laughs> or Vince trying to chase the chicken and things like that and beating up the meat. It was brilliant because I remember seeing Shane on Raw in the build-up to this just talking on commentary going, yeah, yeah, I'm not worried about my dad at all. I've been training up my pops. He's calling him his pops. <laughs> you got to eat lightning and crap thunder. Number two, number two, number two. So it's a big, big, huge event. We're in Anaheim, California. And Jerry the King Lawler and... <sighs> Michael Cole. Yeah. Yeah. God damn it, I wish Michael Cole was not calling this. Oh, don't get me started. I have so many issues with this guy. <laughs> yeah. It's abysmal. But anyway, uh, they put over the $100,000 bounty for Steve Austin. And also China, who won a corporate rumble on Raw, will now be the first woman in the Royal Rumble. At that time, they thought ever. But yeah. they, they made sure to make that That changed. That changed. Yeah. First match of the night. These men are going to be pulling double duty, as are lots of guys on the card. Is the Road Dog taking on the Big Boss Man. And it's not for the hardcore title. No, it's not. Even though Road Dog is the hardcore champion. And comes out with it. Wearing it like a sash. (laughs) (laughs) Miss Hardcore USA. (laughs) And uh, yeah, he and Bossman actually been feuding over the belt because Bossman used to be the the champion. And uh, yeah, it's just no Non title match on pay per view. I I remember I started writing down how annoyed I was that there was no hardcore rules and boo boo. But I suppose if you've got an I quit match coming up later on. Yeah, yeah, it kind of take away from that a little bit, wouldn't it? This was an unwritten rule, you can only have one of them. We get lots of shots of the 10-10-220 blimp. The blimp is a f- long-gone piece of advertising. In yeah, you never get that yeah. in stadiums these days, do you? Is it actually just a big balloon, or is there a little man inside? I think it is just a balloon, so I don't think you could... I think don't think it would be wise to have a manned blimp. Basically, in a Yeah, don't don't go any higher. We'll all die. Like there's yeah. a sign straight away. Just as a uh, road dog comes out, which I noticed, this, set the tone for the rest of the pay per view. Suck it, lick it. Oh, oh Jesus! Notice that immediately. Suck it. Is it suck it, comma lick it, or just L- suck, suck it? it? Exclamation mark. Lick it! Exclamation suck mark. Suck it, then lick it. You yeah. Know. Big baby pop, it's a big baby <laughs> pop. Suck it, lick it, it's fun, but um, you guys pick up on what Road Dog said as he was coming out. His little speech he did. The worst thing I've ever heard. You see, I'm a hardcore bitch in a big pot, and I'm hardcore in my life until I D I E and have no L I E. It's funny because in those. In the, Shoot if he's a road dog, he's like kind of going, Yeah, man, I never knew what I was going to say when I was coming Clearly. out. Really? <laughs> like, he, he was going on like he got away with it. No one knows. He's he, so bad here. He introduces all... Billy Gunn, who isn't there. <laughs> As one of the, he said Billy Gunn and himself are both the hardcore champion. No, you're not. <laughs> I'm a hardcore fish in a big pond, and I'm hardcore in my life until I die, and that ain't no L I E. For fuck's sake. Poetry. <laughs> then once he gets in the ring, he goes, Anaheim, let's make some noise up in this bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Bill, 
really? I would like to formally join sides with you. <laughs> <laughs> and so honestly, this is the moment. This is the moment now. For me now, yeah, it's it's fully gone now. This is the um, moment starting right now. <laughs> this will be the moment. <laughs> the genesis of Tigger Road Dog is proper rubbish. <laughs> he is. He's so crap. Honestly, what was that? Uh, honestly, he lost me back in SummerSlam with diggity diggity dizums. <laughs> but rhyming L-I-E with D-I-E is the a step too far we have Bossman coming out and straight away I should say this is when you know Bossman finally having a proper just singles featured match not part of a tournament or anything like that he's got such a fucking cool look yeah. you know when I was a kid like he was a big heel but me and my brother were obsessed with the Bossman we actually get the Bossman action figures always would play him in the wrestling games because he's such a fucking action man of a he looks yeah. so cool <laughs> isn't he he's, he's a, a villain a real he's, henchman he's toyetic is yeah. the actual yeah. word However, he is announced as representing Team Corporate when he team comes corporate. up. Team Corporate. Hashtag Team Corporate. <laughs> it's funny, everyone refers to him as the Corporation, but actually during the time, they frequently went between the Corporation, the Corporate Team, oh, Team really? Corporate. I didn't know that. The McMahon Boys. <laughs> the McMahon Boys. <laughs> the does this weird little warm-up at the start. He's like, runs the ropes. Yeah. It's going, yeah. Screaming to himself. And uh, Road Dog just goes, suck it. And they, the two of them just dancing in the ring like yeah. it's insanity. This is kind of hard to describe over an audio podcast, but Bossman does one of mine and Kevin's favourite things. We never brought it up on the podcast before, but I love it when wrestlers do this. When Road Dog tells Bossman to suck it, Bossman does that sort of silent wrestling chuntering thing where he's like going, you know good. <laughs> like just shaking his head a little bit and moving his lips. So many people do it, and it's like the ultimate heel way of being pissed And the off. other one that Bossman does as well, which I love, is that when he's angry, he'll jump up and down and stomp, like jump three times in a row in a little circle. Like, like, a, like, like a Mario villain. Yeah, charging like, up. Like Wario Mar- was lost in Mario Party. <laughs> oh, I missed! Like, you know. <laughs> the, uh, the first grapple of the match gets an air horn. <laughs> the first hole. Yeah, actually, that's, I think, already, we're very early on, but this is our grunt of the night, I believe. Really? About. Outstanding. Yeah. The grunt is itself isn't amazing but it happens literally directly after an air horn at 9 minutes and 50 seconds you get a boss man trying to corner road dog and again like it's made him jump exactly yeah like it's scared, boss man. I got serious panic attack when that air horn goes out because I'm like oh god this sounds exactly like the Royal Rumble horn that they use this is gonna be really <laughs> fucked it up pretty decent action actually going on in the ring uh, both guys are, are over as hell Bossman dominates he beats the dog fuck out of the road yeah. dog at one point, spinning gum in his uh, in his face. That's Pretty disgusting, rude. yeah. And there's a bit coming up here, which I thought would have been a shoo for Grunt of the Night, but uh, Road Dog gets put in a bear hug, and as he's been put in the bear hug, he just screams, Oh, shit! <laughs> <laughs> and the funny thing is, people are like booing the boss man loads because he's beating him up, and as soon as Road Dog goes, Oh, shit! Everyone starts laughing. <laughs> so he loses all the heat straight away. <laughs> Quite a hilarious moment where the boss man is kind of just rubbing Road Dog in the ropes. He's going, Who the man king? Who the man king? Who the man king? And King's like, You're the man! <laughs> <laughs> You're the best man there! <laughs> Road Dog now, this is where I think Road Dog kind of excels, where he's kind of, you know, the, uh, in the singles role, doing the bit of uh, the comeback with the shake rattling role. I think this is still, you know, for all Road Dog's failings. This is a lot better than before. He's just tagging Billy Good and, you know. Oh, yeah, it is. I guess, but his offense is still very shallow. He's not doing anything really impressive. He's just dressing it up in a nice package. Like, yeah, I, I gotta say, Shake, Rattle, and Roll is a finisher. You don't have to leave your feet. That's a pretty smart man that's right the thing. there. Yeah, like, that's his biggest move. And it's not actually that big a move. It's just that he does loads of dancing around. And Here's the, here's the deal, though. I don't know about you, but when I was a kid and I was, like, messing around, mucking around wrestling in the schoolyard everyone did shake, rattle and roll. Like It was just a thing that kids loved. You because know. anyone can do it is what I'm but saying. But it was over. I, I, and you wouldn't break your friend's neck, I suppose. I guess. 
No, not many kids doing the tombstone at the playground these, uh, <laughs> these days. Right after the big comeback from Rodad, though, Bossman hits the Bossman slam, which I fucking love. Yeah. Big, crazy sidewalk slam. And Bossman wins. Yeah. He beats the road dog. He beats um, the road drog, as Michael Cole calls him. <laughs> road, road drog! <laughs> fucking idiot. Dr. Steve Brule over here. <laughs> fucking hell. Did, did you notice the bit in that match where uh, road dog bites Bossman's nose? Yeah, yes. yeah, he it's so it's so really weird. Yeah, it was a, horrible. He does a ten punch and then he uh, he gives him this uh, he bites him on the nose. Of it. It's very very peculiar. Probably <laughs> bites him. Bossman's got like a big lump there afterwards. Yeah, but anyway, Road Dog in his kind of debut outing, and if we see the outlaws have effectively been split up for the time being, you think that the illogical thing would have the the outlaws going towards WrestleMania for a big tag push, mm. but they've actually split them up now. Effectively, we're not going to get any. Outlaws tag matches for for a while. Um, Good. Billy Gunn and yeah, Road Dogg are going their separate ways. That's fine by me. I'm a fan of Billy Gunn, so I get to see him do some more single stuff. Yeah. Well, speaking of Billy Gunn, we get a recap of Billy Gunn mooning Ryan Shamrock, Ken Shamrock's sister. Two weeks ago, Billy gave Ken Shamrock's sister what he says she wanted. Oh, this he awful. mooned her as she sat at ringside. Well, Shamrock took offense and snapped, but King, it was all part of badass Billy's master plan to get Shamrock to agree to a title match tonight. Well, take a look at this. I don't know uh, how great a plan this was because sometimes you got to be careful what you wish for because you just might get it. Billy Gunn wanted this title match tonight. Take a look at this. This is what he's got in store for him. I'm telling you, Ken Shamrock has been like a wild man, like a madman ever since. Ever Pulling down his britches on Raw and rubbing his ass up in her face such, such yeah. a great way to start a feud showing your bum to a girl and they're yeah. like, uh, they go like Michael Cole is like oh Ken Shamrock you know what a fool you know his, his, his sister was made a fool out of by uh, Billy Gunn Billy Gunn playing the mind games there you know <laughs> and then it just shows like two minutes of Shamrock running in and killing Billy Gunn like so scary when he's got that ankle lock on and just screaming <laughs> yeah like, he's basically killing Billy Gunn like ah Billy Gunn has outsmarted Ken Shamrock <laughs> I love um, um, how the crowd does Road Dog's lines. Yeah, for, uh, yeah even out. though yeah, it's not Road Dog. It's so silly. If you're going to spit him up, why would you give him Road Dog's music? Like? Yeah, yeah. his own thing. He had uh, the Ass Man music. Not for it? not until summer, actually, yeah. which is kind of weird. Brian Shamrock, obviously not Ken Shamrock's real sister, but she'll come into storylines of a questionable nature for the next while. Yeah. Real funny story about uh, Ken Shamrock. He was actually dating Ryan Shamrock for a, for a brief oh, period of time. God. So uh, if you're kind of a cowboy Bill Watts, uh, Leroy McGurk <laughs> type person, and you see a guy, uh, you know, going out with his kayfabe sister, <laughs> you might as well be going out with your shoot sister in that instance. Your that's, shoot sister. <laughs> that's what a bad thing, this business. <laughs> uh, I don't know if you guys noticed this, but the second Shamrock's music hits, um, I had my headphones on so I could hear it quite clearly. You can faintly hear in the background, the instant his music hits, you can hear some dorky fan go, <laughs> Shamrock sucks, Shamrock sucks, and he proceeds to chant it over and over again for like a minute or two. So fucking distracting, there's this one dork in the crowd. It's a hazard to your health if you're did, doing that. Like. Did you hear what uh, Jerry said about Billy Gunn showing his bum to a girl? No. <laughs> Jerry says it's disgusting that he would treat a girl with such disrespect. But showing your dick to a girl is no, 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 no. Shut, shut up. Stop it. No. Intercontinental Championship on the line. It is badass Billy Gunn taking on Ken. So Billy Gunn is kind of getting you know, a bit of a push here. Road Dogg is doing the hardcore stuff, which is kind of you know, very gimmicky. But Billy Gunn is getting you know, a shot at the Intercontinental Belt, which at the this time belt. Is, is still worth quite a lot. Yeah. 
Now, here's one which I don't really get. We got Billy Gunn coming out, and he's got the injury on the uh, on ankle. The, the ankle. Now, I really only have this to say. King Shamrock, come on down so you can get your ass whipped. And if you ain't down with WPMC, we got two words for you. But he, he, he grabs the microphone, going to do a little intro or whatever, and he, he says... WPMC, if you're not down with the WPMC. Yeah, what is that? I literally, I was looking at Angel Fire websites <laughs> from 1999, <laughs> people trying to figure it out. No earthly clue. Okay. Now, I've looked, none of these, there's no O, H, and S, so it can't be own heart shit. Like, so that's, <laughs> I checked that one straight away. So I'm going to cautiously say, if anyone knows what WPMC means and why Billy Gunn is down with it, I'm going to put it down to deviousness. I think it's just, you know, the typical outlaws talking shit. This is like the, uh, the double poisonous serpent. Yeah, what thing. is a double poisonous serpent up to, you know? <laughs> so we had great fire early on. Billy Gunn is a fucking beast. Yeah. Uh, these yeah, two are really going at it here. And I couldn't help but think as the match is starting that Ken Shamrock, who is a man who brought his sisters to see him, you know, doing well on the show, brought there is a tree, and this weird man whips his ass out in front of her. He's clearly the face here. Billy Gunn is such a heel. Actually, yeah, that's true. Mooning. This uh, innocent girl. He's exposing himself. Like, <laughs> yay, sex offenders. Come on. Like. And another issue here is that we get another 10-punch spot like, early on this. Yeah, so yeah. Match in. two matches, two 10-punch spots. I'm getting What's to interesting is all 30 men in the Rumble actually do 10-punch spots at one point or another. <laughs> <laughs> so we get around 300 uh, yeah. punches. So anyway, we get some real stiff brawling outside. It's a little bit... Uh, a little bit dull until they fly off the apron onto the table. A really mm. vicious spot. Yeah, it looks nasty. <laughs> Ken Shamrock, I'm going to tell you back immediately when you say about Ken Shamrock being in the face, but he turns to King and goes, I smell blood! <laughs> I smell blood! Like right. all direction and everything. You, you are clearly the heel. I'm sorry. <laughs> blood. I hope that is not Billy's blood. <laughs> There's a sign. Uh, it's probably the, the worst sign of the night. Deborah's. A drawing of tits. Which is essentially just a, lo- a lowercase w. Yeah. Um, Deborah's drawing of tits equals ratings. Jesus. So that, that was in the crowd. I've got yeah, loads of signs for tonight. That is Vince Russo when he book a show. He like to go into the crowd and experience it as a fan. That is just, <laughs> <laughs> he didn't even realise he wrote that sign. He just did. Like, but uh, we got a really great, you know, uh, high f- high pace sequence here, and it ends in the uh, Ken Shamrock putting in that sweet fisherman suplex, mm. which me and my brother used to call WrestleMania 2000 on the N64 the Kenplex, and I believe we were <laughs> we referred to it as such for the duration of this podcast. Uh, the Kenplex, you know, when Val Venus does it, is a fish suplex when Ken does it it's a Kenplex very well <laughs> we get a ref bump and speaking of Val Venus interferes drops uh, Ken with a DDT but Ken kicks out and still yeah. again weird face heel yeah, stuff here. unstoppable heel the, the Royal Russo as uh, someone has pointed out on Twitter <laughs> that this is Billy jumps off the top rope but he rolls his ankle and Ken pops on the ankle lock immediately and he wins and just screams really scarily. He looks like he's having a panic attack, doesn't he? He's, he's just, just standing there going, ah! <laughs> He is a proper scary man. Great match, though. I think the best. Brilliant match. Yeah, really, yeah, really match. sharp. Best match we've had with Ken as a heel. And I like yeah. that now. Instead of, as opposed to, he seemed like he was being a bit dull before, but now he's like this real... Getting good again now, yeah. Going after the injury, remorseless killer. I like that. Backstage, Vince McMahon is with Shane and the Stooges as they're talking up him him going to beat Austin, Little basically. Pep talk. And uh, Vince is just walking around he's going, he's mine! <laughs> he's mine! Pep talk for the pops. European title on the line next. Uh, Gangrel getting a shot at the gold. 
Taking on X-Park, who was coming out with that ghastly epilepsy entrance again. Yeah, it's oh. awful. It's horrible. I remember I said to you in the bonus episode that, oh, it's okay to have the epilepsy entrance, but if they're doing all little bits in between... With so, loads of them. Yeah, yeah. but uh, when X... It, I take that back because when it's like flashing in X-Park, it's just like, you know, it's different places. And I'm like, oh, I can't keep up. Yeah. Like, it flashes in X-Park, it's just on top of a mountain waving. And he <laughs> flashes and he's underwater swimming. Like, you know, it's too much. We get King talking about South Africa. Did you guys see this? Man? No, I don't. I didn't either. catch that. There. All right. You were watching the. Were you watching a slightly edited version? The you? one I was watching is a DVD release, I think, where it's been censored all the WWF logos and they've cut out certain segments. I think so. Yeah. What is this? Oh no! It was just they were talking about again. They were going like, "Oh, it's available in every country in the world except Ireland." They don't mention us. Talking about how it's one a.m. in England, and then King is like, "Yeah, and it's three a.m. in South Africa." you want to see the king in South Africa Jeez, just, and then he's like oh it's great in South Africa you gotta wake up and have breakfast with the king <laughs> now alright I'm gonna call my hand right here I spent a good five minutes last night trying to come up with a proper decent Nelson Mandela king joke <laughs> and I don't I don't want to get the podcast boycotted by the UN so yeah, I've just not enough. tried I've not there's, tried there's another moment where king says that uh, Gangrel should be the European champion because Transylvania. Oh, for sake. <laughs> because Transylvania. Brilliant. Guess what we get in this match, guys? A ten punch spot. Hey. Jesus Christ! Is it like uh, all the members of DX backstage? Like, hey guys, in all our matches tonight, what if we all do the ten punch? <laughs> Sorry, was Kevin Nash in DX? <laughs> no, I, that's that kind of clicky shit that they're doing. You know, that's the generic DX. They're voice. too high to know what each other's doing. That is the generic insider's voice. Like, <laughs> and when they're called to task about being dicks for doing it, they'll just say they love the business. <laughs> <laughs> Gangrel gets the Bronco Buster and just no sells it. He stands up and he's like, Yeah, he's fine. What, what are you worried about, mate? Well, yeah. It's not really a damaging move, is it? I mean, how hard is X Pac's dick, really? It's more, I suppose it's Gangrel has no shame because he's got he's a gothic lifestyle. So he doesn't <laughs> yeah. mind if he gets a dick in his face. Um, I got really distracted by this match, uh, from this match, sorry. There is a fan on the wide angle hard camera and he's there all night. Just every time it cuts to him, he's doing the DX crotch chop yeah. really aggressively over and over and he's over. He's got a couple constantly. of mates as well who join yeah. in with him later. And then towards the end of this match, he's taking his top off in the heat of passion and he's just there doing it even more like faster <laughs> oh, and faster. Oh yeah, I, I remember seeing that. Dude's a fucking nutter. But yeah, no, it's, it's, a, it's a nice enough match. It's, it's too short for any kind of anything much to get going and Gangrel doesn't really shine. And it's supposed to nail in the coffin for Gangrel really as a singles wrestler, I think really comes here because this is his first kind of relatively high profile match and the ending of this is an absolute train wreck oh god Teddy yeah. Long fucks up is it Teddy Long well anyway it's top rope crossbody and it looks like Gangrel's man you know to flip over and you know get the, Reverse get the, the pin, pin. Yeah. and for whatever reason they both end up like half with their shoulders on the mat Teddy Long comes down one two three kick out and what it was away. meant to be I guess was like you know one and then they flip it over and then one two, two three. but he didn't leave enough space in between the two counts yeah. so it just sounded like a three for count. the first time on the podcast we get you fucked up chance yeah. from the <laughs> so they're crowd in Anaheim uh, X-Pac quickly puts on the X-Factor and uh, he wins but the reason why I say oh death knell in the coffin or whatever is because at this time I only found this out really from reading Jericho's book and a lot of other people have kind of backed it up since X-Pac was seen as like for the WWF style, he was considered to be like the standard. And like, if you couldn't go out there and have a good match with X Pac, because he was the guy they considered to be the best hand, and right. he would work with all the new guys and stuff mm. like that. If you couldn't have a good match with X Pac, you you couldn't have a good match in WWF. Basically, was was the 
theory. Right, yeah. So if you fuck up like severely in a match with X Pac, you can only be seen as it being really bad. Like Jericho was put working with X Pac when he first debuted for a bit because you know you have to learn how to do the style. So and it's pretty sad for Gangrel. I like Gangrel, Poor but Gangrel. Gangrel like never even wins like a European title or anything like that. So yeah. it's kind of a shame. But uh, okay match overall, but the ending just spoils it. They show yeah. a replay of the box. Yeah, yeah. and well. yeah, the, the, the announcers are like, no, let's let's look here and see what went wrong. One, two, three. No, he kicked out. Yeah. <laughs> we get Michael Cole saying something wrong during this match as well. Really? What? what? <laughs> There's a clothesline at one point, and uh, I think Michael Cole's trying to say that it was a tremendous clo- uh, clothesline. He actually says... That was their tormendous The Texas Tormado. <laughs> Backstage, K-squared, the K-man, the K-factor, yeah. K-dizzle. K-dizzle. K- Kevin <laughs> Kelly. Kevin Kelly, but he's got a goatee this time. So yeah. He looks a little bit like Mike Goldberg here with his little goatee. But anyway, <laughs> he's backstage with Road Dog, China, Triple H, and Triple H's coat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's chilly January weather. Make sure you put on your coat. All right, Mum, God. Get off my back. Oh, old lady Helmsley keeps Hunter on a tight leash. Huh? <laughs> I really couldn't pay attention to much of what was happening because he was just distracted by Triple really? H. Really? Just by the cats? <laughs> Nice jacket he got for Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll wear it on pay per view, Mom. I'm fine. This is the uh, the promo you get every year at the Royal Rumble, where you have a team backstage talking about how, like, hey, we're we're buddies and everything, but it will be every man for himself. They yeah. do it all the fucking time. Except most of the guys are gassed, and or there is some deviousness at play because it's pretty disjointed. All right. So does DX have a strategy? Obviously, all the members are in the Royal Rumble tonight. So much on the line, Triple H. You damn right. There's a strategy. Have you ever seen a fight in the Armstrong family? <laughs> we are a family, but tonight I'm going to win $100,000 and get a shot at the WWF title. It goes like this. DX is as tight as anybody can get, but it's for the WWF title. It's for $100,000, and I'll tell you what, it's every man for himself. And woman. Road Dog just goes, uh, the Armstrong family, I all like to fight, you know that. Mate, no one knows you're in the Armstrong family, you are Jesse James. And then X-Pac just goes, literally, X-Pac appears, and I wrote that word for what he said, he says, duh, a hundred grand. <laughs> well, he, he's just run in, he's just literally finished his match, run to the back to be interviewed, money, duh. <laughs> Boy, I love that hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> uh, and then China, who looks absolutely nothing like China. I know I'm going to keep who saying this. Who is this woman? Yeah. Who is this? She looks nothing like. I mean, WrestleMania is only nine months previously. Yeah. I thought this dramatic change took place. It's only nine months. Really quick transformation, that is insane. Yeah. And uh, yeah, you know, Triple H say he's going to win. Blah blah blah. DX, etc. etc. We get Shane Man coming out to the Creme Croc Industries theme. Fucking hell! <laughs> I think that, that music was dubbed on. I believe by the sound because I, the game was I was listening to it with headphones on. I'm pretty sure that both Shane and Luna's music have been dubbed on. So um, no, I was watching the original. Um, the like the original one, apparently that is it. Because Shane Man did use the steam on Raw. This weird. Really it's really coming. Really, 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 I found that so hard to believe. It's insane. Mate, you came out to the so I mean, at least, like, thank I God for small miracles. I didn't really get this, and this wasn't an angle that was really developed much on Raw. It was it took me mostly by surprise. I think it happened on Heat. Yeah, Shane's sweet on Luna. Now, unfortunately, for some reason, Sable has suffered a chronic back injury and will be unable to compete here this evening. What? So therefore, 
I would like the WWE Women's Champion to come out here to publicly forfeit the WWF Women's title. So without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, Sable. Forfeit? Why? I know. Why? Shane comes out and he introduces Luna, says she wants her to be the next women's champion, and that Luna uh, is going to win the title because he wants Sable to forfeit it because Luna attacks Sable on heat and apparently Sable has got a bad back. Now, you guys have seen Beyond the Mat, right? Yeah. You know, yeah. Beyond the Mat, they show loads of cool backstage bits and bobs, you know, on this pay-per-view because they had cameras there. Yeah. Jeez, maybe we should do something about Beyond the Mat. Ooh. Maybe. Uh, maybe. But anyway, um, there's one of the bits where Vince Russo, you can see him talking to Sable before this match. And the camera's on him. And Russo's like, now Sable, I swear to God. <laughs> Is he Eastern European? <laughs> no, he always, he always says that at the start of everything. He goes, I swear to God, you're going to come out there with that bad back and people ain't going to think you're going to be able to wrestle. <laughs> You know, and he's telling her to sell the back, literally like she is crippled. He wants her out in a wheelchair, basically. And then Sable literally comes out with like one hand on her side, like kind of your know, oh, bit of a bad back. I, I didn't realise that was in Beyond the Mat because I made a note of that. She comes out literally rubbing her back with one hand, leaning forward, going, "Oh, it's proper Ooh. sore. Oh, it really hurts." It, I mean, like selling 101, like sore back. You know, you don't just kind of go, "Oh." It's a bit of a chill Literally, there, she just yeah. puts her hand on her back yeah. and then walks out. She might as well have just come into the ring, just got the mic and said, my back hurts. And then <laughs> she, like, she put no effort into it. She might as well have just fucking done that. Sable comes, she wants you to, to, uh, to forfeit the bell, but she's just like, ring the fucking bell. <laughs> it's Luna versus Sable, and it's a strap match. Yeah, for fuck's sake. I hate strap matches. The top priority in the women's championship <laughs> strap match is to prepare yourself in the proper position for the strapation, dude. With the flexibility <laughs> of the wrist. <laughs> this is not going to be as good as Yappa Pie, is it? Luna, all the Hulkamaniacs Sable had to strap back. <laughs> Just keep <laughs> you off your back, Jack. Oh, God, I've ruined this match now. <laughs> yeah. uh, you didn't McMahon. ruin this match. They ruined Everyone this match. Everyone ruined this match. <laughs> Shane McMahon is on commentary. And, yeah. You know, it's just weird. It just feels really tacked on, Shane McMahon being, being in this. But, uh, meh, action. Sable is, is really carried by Luna. Luna does the best she can. Sable refuses to sell her injury throughout the, uh, yep. throughout the match. And then uh, Shane attempts to interfere in an, in an odd manner. Yeah. Uh, it's like, he's kind of like he's obsessed with Luna. It's, yeah. It's never followed up. Sable gets hit in the back and he stands up, looks at Sable in the eyes and starts making pig noises. Yeah. He starts squealing like a pig at Sable and it's really weird. There has been a weird running thing with the McMahons because, you know, Sable had been gone for a bit Mm. and now until she was brought back in this kind of corporate kind of puppet thing. They're going for this weird thing that Shane McMahon is like obsessed with Sable or something like that because the WrestleMania 14 rage party, they have a weird bit about... (laughs) I can't believe I just said that. I have watched it. Mate, we're going to be reviewing it. (laughs) (laughs) All right, then. Shotgun, not it. The the words Isaac Hayes performs live will leave your lips. Uh, But anyway. (laughs) The what? Yeah. We won't spoil it. We won't spoil that anymore. But yeah, we've got um, Shane with this weird kind of infatuation angle. It just doesn't fit his character. I'm so confused. This is really thrown together last minute. And then Tori uh, making her debut. Oh, that's Tori, is it? Yeah. Yeah, Tori, right. who would later to go on with to be with X Pac and Kane, she kind of she'd been in the crowd as this weird like obsessive Sable fan, and she attacks Luna. Sable wins, complete silence. Yeah, yeah. 
um, Sable has like lost a bit of her because she'd been gone for a little bit and obviously there was the problems with Mero and she left blah 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 mm. yeah. um, you can tell she's really like just in those three or four months comparing this to around SummerSlam she's really lost her you know, heat. her heat with the crowd she was Good. really really I'm old I'm glad she didn't deserve it in the first place no. there's she, actually a sign that says Sable's old in the front row Whoa. Gee, I didn't see that yeah this is a, a, a dreadful match. <laughs> <laughs> like, was, but I, I, I be, I'm biased in two different ways. I hate Sable and I hate strap matches. Yeah. And this, is it just me or do nearly all strap matches have the spot where someone is being pulled around and they both hit yeah. the, uh, the so turnbuckle? It ha- it's happened, I think, in every strap match I've ever seen. It's too, like, touching four corners is too slow a thing to get any it's kind of It's a shit idea. It's, oh, you know be great if a match ended with touch- someone touching four corners. Ooh, yeah. It's it's absolute worst, worst. Don't like it. The one cool thing about this match show is that um, Shane's very funny on commentary, obviously. And at one point he refers to King as King Fish. Yeah. Which is our second fish reference of the night after Road Dog called himself a hardcore fish. Yeah. Is Anaheim something to do with fish or um, Rock calls King Kingfish all the time as well it's just a weird Nick fan name I'm not entirely didn't catch sure. on um, it's probably something to do with Owen being a piece of shit like something <laughs> <laughs> okay so we had a little shot backstage of the corporate dudes warming up doing their stretches mm. and uh, you know again the big talk is the $100,000 uh, for, for Steve Austin being eliminated but now it is time for the match that really makes this pay-per-view famous uh, someone are you more so than the Rumble itself uh, is the match that was heavily featured in Beyond the Mask, that amazing documentary, is Mankind, the WWF champion, taking on the number contender, the former champion, The Rock, in an I Quit match. You can only win by making your opponent say the words, I quit. Mankind, the least your unworthy ass can do is give The Rock what is rightfully his, and that's a shot at his WWF title, Royal Rumble 1999. You're simply not championship material. It'll be a no disqualification match as well. I'm going to have to take a pass on that one, Rock. No count out as well. No thank you, Rock. The Rock guarantees that not one member of Team Corporate will be around the ringside. You! Get no title shot. Obviously, The Rock quits in trying to get your monkey ass up. I accept you and I at the Royal Rumble in an I quit match. How does it feel, Rock? How does it feel to be in a match that you can't win and I can't lose? What you're failing to realize is that you are going one on one with the great one. I've been through every kind of match and I've never quit. It's my middle name. You're kidding me. Hell is he standing? Oh my God. He's got a smile on his face for God's sake. How is the rock going to make mankind say I quit? A corporate elbow here and a corporate elbow there. Rock plans on sprinkling a rock bottom here and a rock bottom there. The rock's gonna take mankind out to the English announce table. And the rock's gonna go down the line. 
Spanish announce table, French announce table, Hong Chi Ming Chow, Chinese announce table, all the languages down the rocks rumble. I will never say I quit. Then the rock is gonna drag mankind down Know Your Road Boulevard. Hang that right, right there on Jabroni Drive. The Smackdown Hotel Take his candy ass From room to damn room Until it's checkout time I will not see them here nor there I will not see them anywhere I will not see those words you quit I will not, will not say I quit You don't care about self-mutilation It doesn't bother you a bit There's a human being in there That is unbelievably indestructible Indestructible, the rock's ass The rock plans on proving to you and millions of The Rock's fans I will never say I quit When it's all said and done, mankind You'll realize that even though you have one ear The Rock has two Which means you son of a The Rock is gonna hear you scream I quit There will be no disqualification No count out No corporate members at ringside No stopping the match for excessive blood loss. You see, what I'm going to do very simply is beat the living hell out of you until you cannot take it anymore and you look up at me with that ridiculous eyebrow and you say the two magic words, Rock, I quit. So there we go, we got that promo there. With, uh, obviously Foley won the belt on that amazing episode of Raw, which myself and uh, Billy went back and reviewed. A huge moment. Foley has been champion for a couple of weeks now, and it's been sweet as hell. And Mick Foley is basically tricking The Rock, and he's trying to get his rematch back. He wants, you know, no DQ, no corporation interference. He ends up getting an I Quit match, which is the match he reckons he can't lose. Yeah. Uh, and this video package, they really are highlighting the fact that things that Foley has done in the past, just the past few months. Hell in the Cell... You know, all those chair shots. They make um, him look unbreakable in this package, don't they? So they even cool. use a little bit of footage. This is really cool from FMW in Japan. Him and Terry Funk were like the, the barbed wire. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And that was really cool because, I mean, personally speaking, you hear about, you know, Foley doing all the big death matches and stuff like that. I've seen some of the videos and honestly, like, it's uh, it's not very enjoyable from my point of view. It's just a bit of a, a mess. But back in the 90s before, obviously, this is only tape traders would have it. You couldn't get it yeah, online. You no couldn't watch like that. It. So when you see this clip, this is like, oh shit, I only read about this in an article or in Foley's book or whatever. It's like, whoa, you know, Japan, barbed wire, C4 explosives. Really yeah. It makes Foley look like just the scariest dude ever. This, this is possibly... Of the run of the podcast so far and possibly ever this is possibly my favourite promo oh it's amazing it's very good As, uh, we know we're saying that Foley gets put over quite a lot here the rock in here when he's talking about all the stuff he's going to do he's going to take him down to the Spanish announce table Chinese announce table well, he doesn't yeah. just say that Ho Chi Minh <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to take him to the French announce table and Ho Chi Ming Chow Chinese announce table. Nice and uh, PG, you know. <laughs> um, correct. I'm gonna, you know, flag. This will be a little red flag. We can flag up for later down the line. That is the least of rocks. Uh, yeah, him being racist, basically. Yeah. He, he's racist quite a bit towards the yeah. Chinese in promos down the line. I love uh, uh, mix uh, Doctor Zeus. Yes, lines. <laughs> yeah. brilliant. I love I that. Not say those words, you twit. Is it weird hearing him call the Rock a twit? That's yeah. such an English. But it's cool that even though they're kind of showing a lot of Cactus Jack footage and 
talking about McFully, the man as opposed to mankind, the character. It's stuff like the rhymes, though, that still make it. Oh, he's this weird guy. He still is the funny. Yeah. It was in this promo, I realised as well. I don't know if you guys have ever noticed this, but it only just dawned on me how much The Rock's voice has changed over time. Yeah. Like, back here, it's sort of like, you know, good piece of trash, like, talking like that. But now it's like, The Rock has come back. He's, like, really wispy. He's he's lost a lot of his voice. He really has, hasn't he? His voice here, he's proper, like, belting it out. This is The Rock I remember kind of thing. Well, we get it backstage interview now this again is shown you see the rock going over this and beyond the mask it's rock and duck rock cuts a promo on what he's going to do to mankind well here we go rock it is showtime the table is set and the big question is simply this will you be able to do what no one has ever done and make mankind utter the words i quit first and foremost doc know your role and shut your mouth I tell you what, mankind, there's something about this whole situation that really befuddles The Rock. Because you see, The Rock isn't just some Rudy Pooh candy ass on the corner of Know Your Road Boulevard and Jabroni Drive that you're just gonna have your way with The Rock. Well, uh-uh. Because tonight, in front of the thousands of Rock's fans here tonight, all chanting his name and the millions and millions of The Rock's fans watching live The Rock guarantees to prove to you that The Rock is the great one and The Rock is the most electrifying man in sports entertainment today and after you utter the words I quit The Rock will go down as being the best damn WWF champ there ever was if you smell what The Rock is cooking and this is, without a doubt, one of my favorite rock promos ever. He is just, he just, and there's not a word out of place. Everything just is just absolutely perfect. Pitch perfect. It's pitch perfect. He's like, he comes across as an asshole. He's entertaining. He seems like he's dangerous. And he just oozes confidence. I think it's fucking perfect. It, yeah, so spot on. He's so, so talented at doing this kind of thing. The Rock, of course, as well, sporting that dirty, no good workout gear as well. He looks yeah. like such a scumbag. He does, yeah. doesn't he? I love it. He looks brilliant. But we got The Rock coming out now, and for the first time ever, you get The Rock is kind of put over as like a little bit like he's the underdog, and that he is actually really going into a match where the announcers are like, you know, he's pretty screwed here, which mm. you rarely yeah. get the heel in Jeopardy like this. And when he's standing up on the ropes, Jerry Lawler goes, "Yeah, look at the corporate elbow. I, it's an eyebrow." <laughs> <laughs> Unbelievable. They've got ease with them. It's confusing. <laughs> And then we get it. This is one of my favorite entrances ever. This is amazing. Mankind coming out, the screech of the tires, the car crash. Yeah. Finally. That fucking theme music. Finally right. here. The Raw after winning the belt, Mankind came out with that. And he's like, I think we all agree it's about damn time Mankind got some new ring music. And I love this theme. Yeah. yeah, it's really So good. perfect. Really, like, sums him up spot on. Another really enjoying theme, lad. Yeah, I mean, the rest of his career, really. You can it? think about, like, most guys, like, who just got one theme which just defines them and never has to change. You can say Triple H with Motorheads. Yeah. Big Show with, you know, his song. This with Mankind as well. Like, Definitely. And Austin's one as well, obviously. But yeah, it's a scene for Foley come out and he just he looks like so determined he's got the belt on his shoulder obviously having watched to be on the mat there's more significance now because you know his family are in the audience so it's kind of a, it's a yeah. high pressure situation we get to see a little cut back to Raw where Mabel who has returned as part of the corporation 
the largest man in the known universe. I <laughs> forgot that he existed. Yeah. I, I, I knew him as Viscera. Yeah. Uh, back in the days when I was watching it, and I hated him. He'll become Viscera so, soon. So, so much. Yeah, yeah he's, he's no good. He's not good. But basically, mankind, this is crazy. People forget that, you know, Heat was a proper show back in these days. Mm. And, you know, they would have full segments and often matches. So Foley's already wrestled tonight. Yeah. Yeah. You know? And he's been beaten the fuck up as well by a big, you know, massive Mabel. Yeah, he like. gets crushed by Mabel. So straight away, the match starts. And we got a lot of a lot of talk that, quite frankly, makes me a little bit uneasy. They're talking about stuff that happened on Raw. And King is like, yeah, Mankind's had so many concussions, he can't even remember winning the belt. Uh. And then they're like, yeah, and Mankind suffered a concussion last night on Raw. And Mick Foley suffered a concussion the week before. And just straight away, I'm like, this is only around 10 years ago. But they are actually so blatant in just the kind of... How things have Concussions, changed. concussions, concussions. It's just yeah. like, no, it's not a shit. thing. It's like he's got a sniffle or something. Like It's something yeah, that happens. no big deal. Like a concussion is like being busted open. Like, oh, you know, stitch him up, he'll be fine. It's really scary. It's come a long way. It has come a long way, but it's just... Um, you know, it's bad with like... This is, it's awkward, I mean, if you're watching these like... If you put out a DVD where Foley is like saying that he regrets a lot of the shots he's taken, yeah. and they're like, Mick Foley can't even you know remember his own name and all, you know, sad. It's Maybe sad. It's really it. sad. It is really sad. Um, the match starts off awesome. Mankind just goes, goes straight to work. Microphone doesn't work the first time that they uh, they go for it, but uh, as soon as it does, we get the first maybe five minutes of this match. The Rock's responses on the microphone are absolute gold. You <laughs> son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> The Rock is gonna kick your fat ass out there! It's like, you fat piece of shit, I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna beat the fuck out of you. The microphone is the best thing, but the fact they've got a microphone now, they can actually punctuate the match by talking throughout it. It's yeah. so fucking cool. It's a really cool gimmick, and I, you know, um, I quit matches are rarely done, and it's I don't think they can be really done in a PG environment effectively no. anymore, but this is just really cool. Both of the guys' personality comes out really well. Foley goes over the steps as they head to the outside. Sick bump. Considering the f- the problems the man has with his knees, he flies into those stairs. His theory yeah. was is that you run into the stairs, everyone always turns and hits it with their back. But he's like, no, no, the momentum, you should fly, fly Carry over. Carry yourself over. Yeah. Which is what he did. And it looks incredible. But It does, but surely the knees are going to get completely smashed by that. Yeah. Um, Rock pops himself on commentary for a little bit. Yep. While realising that um, Mankind is right behind him. And then at 1 hour 11 and 10 seconds, 11 minutes and 10 seconds, I get one of my favourite Michael Cole goops of yep. all time. <laughs> Steel stairs. What a chair shot, Michael Jeez, Cole. Poor Michael Cole. He has such a hard time buying furniture. The amount of times <laughs> he's got a new dining table and he's got four sets of steel stairs to put around it. By <laughs> it's a recurring thing on Michael Cole. We'll come up with it for a while in the next few few times we see him. Chairs and stairs. Steel and concrete. <laughs> I've heard this man talk about the unforgiving concrete in the elimination chamber before. <laughs> Mate, it's just a house then, isn't it? Like, <laughs> but anyway, Foley whips out Socko and sticks it down the rock's gullet. <laughs> and then you know, after he puts it on, he says he's going to split that ridiculous eyebrow open. Uh, it's, it's really like, you see, the intensity is being uh, ramped up a little bit here. We get the rock heading outside using the bell, and uh... yeah. this is one of my earliest memories of wrestling. I remember <laughs> pissing myself as like a seven-year-old kid watching this, and the rock gets the bell and goes, "Bells will be ringing," and then smacks him in the head. <laughs> of it. Absolutely hysterical. Yeah, like. so funny. 
Um, and he actually waxed it's properly just like the belt that would actually yeah. really hurt you right? yeah yeah yeah, yeah. that's yeah. yeah. alright he's only got one here so it's <laughs> half the damage <laughs> Rock and Mankind head up on the table for a rock bottom but the table collapses yeah and straight I mean if you that's a move which is dangerous because you collapse you're going to land right on you know, the front of your legs yeah. so there's some some dangerous stuff can happen there. Straight away, King covers for them going, I knew Mick Foley had put on weight. For fuck's sake. It's a Burger King Lawler over there. <laughs> I found it really hard to write notes for this match because I couldn't look away. It draws it's you in good, so yeah. much. I couldn't look away at all. So I've written very few notes. There's, there's a moment, it's around this area. I had to stop watching it for about half an hour because I knew what was to come. I had to brace myself. Yeah. That's what people always remember this match. They're like, oh man, the uh, the chair shots, etc. You know, before they even go close to those chairs, you've got around 15 minutes of just a fucking knockout brawl between these two. They really belt They're the shit each, each other. other so yeah, hard. I mean, they, they head up to the stage area and he fully takes a DDT on the concrete. Mm. And when he comes off this, I, this is the first time I was really watching this kind of, you know, taking notes and stuff, not trying to pay close attention. But when Foley comes up from that DDT on the concrete, there's a big graze all down his nose and he's already bleeding. So he's actually already busted open and long before the chair even comes into yeah. the equation. Yeah. That just makes it even worse though. Yeah, I mean, I think people need to realise this match isn't just, oh, a load of chairs. This is an unforgiving match these two go through yeah. beforehand. There is one bit, I think it's uh, just before they go and Foley gets a DDT. Um, Foley knocks down the rock and gets the microphone to uh, make him say, I quit again. And I couldn't quite make it out, but the rock, because he's clearly gassed here and quite tired, just goes... You go piss yourself. <laughs> <laughs> it is better than uh, Bob Backlund was in an I Quit match before, and Roddy Piper was the referee. He's like, Bob, what do you say? He just goes, ah, yeah, ah. yeah. He said I quit. That is it. <laughs> and then of course there's the other legendary one, which Mick Foley wrote about in his book, which is an I Quit match. And one of the guys didn't know it was an I Quit match. And the referee goes over and says, "Do you quit?" And the guy goes, "No, you quit." And the match ends. <laughs> <laughs> That's how it is. Wrestling. No, you quit. So the guys take out a ladder. I'm like, good lord. Yeah, you know? seriously, yeah. stop it now. This is this going up, uh, up a notch. Head up the ladder, go up into the crowd, and Foley goes flying off through the electrical boards. Rock is taunting Nick Foley. And he bounces off them. These kind of speakers like fall on him. They do a you know blackout effect. And uh, Michael Cole, to his credit, is like quite good here. Like, oh my god, you know, Jesus Christ, the lights have gone. It's a really awesome effect. Just them in the darkness, like with one spotlight on them, and everything else has gone pitch black because they've knocked out the power. It's uh, you know, it's it's. Some people would say it's hokey, but I mean, I think it works to its. I I think think it works to its effect because you know they they've done it a few times like since you know like 2010, 2011, where they had like matches like this and like Cena. Everyone Cena went through like a big light or whatever and like. Oh, like you know sparklers came out of it like <laughs> yeah. you know dry ice or whatever this was believable it was just a few sparks and yeah, lights it was really out. cool but after this we have Shane McMahon coming out and this is where you kind of start doing the whole okay lines. things are going a little little too far here and Shane's like you know he's done stop it and rock rock one of my favourite things ever the way he says it is, no 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 don't get a doctor this some bitch will scream I quit I'll be damned if you don't. <laughs> the sassiest man. I feel like I want to buy some baby back ribs off him after yeah. <laughs> It's from this point on that I think that Cole is getting better. For the rest of this match, 
I'd say that Cole is at least acceptable. No, no, yeah, he he's well. I I have to say, you'd have to be some sort of robot not to react passionately to what's yeah, happening yeah. because I do believe there are points where there's genuine concern. Oh yeah, there's a bit later on which I'll talk mm. about um, towards the end of the match, but Cole is a, a very, very believable here. Yeah. Just imagine if it was JR calling this match though. Imagine how sweet that would have been. Don't, don't you. Now we can't focus on things we can't have. Oh, no. So Foley crawls back and you know he's he just looks beat up. And then the handcuffs come out. Now we get a cool moment here. This is Foley's last kind of flurry of any sort of offense where he you know, bites the rock, you know, headbutts him, knees him in the dick. You know, you get to see a little bit of kind of, oh, Foley might be able to pull something off yeah. here. But the rock just decapitates him with a clothesline and goes for that chair. And this is where things get a little, perhaps, too real. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what is he? Oh, come on. The corporate elbow with a chair. He's gonna shatter Nick Foley's skull! He can't do this! He left the fight! No! He may have shattered Nick Foley's skull! Corporate elbow onto the chair. Now, it I, looks horrible. It looks horrible. And I can't tell because the way Foley reacts, he just has that kind of faraway look in his eyes and he's like sucking wind. It legitimately looks like he's really taken a heavy knock there. Yeah. Because, you know, when you say kind of like, oh, elbow or whatever onto a chair, it's kind of like, oh, he'll hit a part of the chair and make a big noise, he won't get hurt. But Foley generally looks like he's just had his lights put out there. But he can't protect himself in any way because his hands are behind, exactly. hands behind yeah, the back. There's he's no really way he prone. can get out around that, really. He yeah. just has to take it. So Foley takes it. Ma- Michael Cole's saying that, you know, Mick Foley's skull may have been shattered. Now, bear in mind, when I saw this, I would have been, what, just, just before I turned 11. So 10 years old of this, and, you know. Foley was my guy, man, you know? And um, everyone I know, they loved... Everyone liked Austin and whatnot. But I remember at that time, as a kid, I always felt, and most of my friends felt, that, yeah, Austin was cool, but he's kind of like, you know, our brother's age. You know, he for the 17, yeah. 18-year-olds, he's their guy, but Foley's our guy, because he's the kind of comedic guy. He's yeah. kind of, you know, he's the kid's he kind more of kids appeal, yeah. So he was more, maybe... That's why it's extra traumatic, what we get coming up here. Might have crushed his skull. As, Fo- as a child, yeah, that must have been heartbreaking. And it's just, you can see, like, Foley's got the mask on, but, like, the mask has turned, like, you know, dark because the blood is yeah. just soaked yeah. through. Now, The Rock is says that he's going to, they're saying on commentary, The Rock is going to go to hell for what he's doing here. <laughs> Chair shots. Now, we get five in a row now. And Foley said in his book that him and The Rock agreed beforehand on a set number of chair shots. And it was going to be like three or four, or whatever it was. He was going to get a few chairs. And the whole idea was that they were going to be like, everyone was begging him to say I quit. And then, you know, what happens, happens. And that is fine. We don't get three or four. We, the actual number we get is 11. Don't! No! first shot he gets now that's a clear kind of you know Foley gets up and he's like yeah come on or whatever and he smacks him full force that's vicious Foley gets up again and you can hear him screaming to the rock you know come on give it to me give me more give me more 
and The Rock, you know, just does two kind of three in a row in quick succession. Is it a case, do you think, that The Rock is literally just taking liberties? Or do you think Foley is kind of caught up in the moment a little bit and he's kind of like, yeah, come on, and The Rock is like, fuck it, we're I, doing I, this. I, I, think I, think it's, I think the latter. Mm. I, don't, I don't think... I don't know. I don't know much about The Rock. I don't know. He's not malicious. He's not malicious. Dwayne doesn't seem like a malicious man. He he might have an ego, but there's no way he'd beat the crap out of Mick Foley. I I think it was Mick not knowing how much himself could handle. The thing that we've always known about Mick is how much of a showman he is and how much he wants to do things for the crowd. Yeah. He's just trying to make the crowd happy, albeit that in Beyond the Mat you see the cuts to his wife and children <sighs> screaming in, in fear. I think if you've, if you've not seen Beyond the Match, this match maybe isn't as chilling. If you're watching this and you've seen that movie, you can't help but... Think of those screaming kids. Recall the the faces of his crying children. And his children. wife. And yeah. his wife. His wife yeah. is. Now I'm not saying kind of it's like you know oh Foley you know take you know should be blamed or whatever. He's pretty yeah, much he knocked out here. You know he's, mm. he's clearly not in his right mind. So maybe we could, we could say that is it was the case that Rock thought they were going a certain way or you know it wasn't really. You can't really communicate when one guy is knocked out. But I think the problem is here. No one had thought this was going to happen was that Foley cannot protect himself at all with the chair shots and he didn't count on not only can he not put up his hands or whatever but when the arms are back it, it pushes your head forward so he's extra prone and the rock is hitting these shots in the back of the head and stuff like yeah. that and Foley is just slowly like waddling up towards the ramp trying to get away and gotta end this okay I'll admit that's enough Mick Foley say I quit Mick say it We get the line that I was talking about before with uh, Cole, where Cole goes, please, Mick, say I quit. And he says it about four times, and he says it with so, so much conviction that, you know, you just, it's, you know, it's not someone telling him to say it through yeah. the headphones. It works for, it's, I think it's it, actually Cole saying it. It is actually quite effective as well because Cole is obviously, you know, he's like the little baby blue new boy announcer or whatever. For, you know, he's like the relatively innocent, you know. Yeah. He's he's meant to be impartial always, not like Jim Ross who yeah. would really have a connection with these guys. So for him to be like that, it does actually, I think it's quite effective here yeah. what, what you're getting at. But yeah, I mean, the last few Foley takes where he's just literally getting bopped on the back of the head. The it's very, so great. The very last one he gets, like, he's literally just standing up. He doesn't know where he is. And you can hear The Rock very oddly say, Mick, turn around. Mm. And then Foley turns around and he gets just one last one where, like, it's just, ah. Uh. And it's not like Hell in the Cell where everyone's just, like, shocked into silence. It comes to a point where everyone in the crowd just seems to be desensitized. There's just this low grumble of people kind of going, oh, fuck me. Like, you know. And finally, Foley head first down ground in a, literally a pool of blood. And uh, over the microphone you hear, I quit, I quit. We go on later and find out that it was Foley being screwed by the corporation. But mercifully, the match is over. Rock wins the belt. He looks like a fucking a killer. Yeah, yeah, he is a son of a bitch, isn't he? I think everyone, everyone fucking hates The Rock after that yeah. match. I mean, he looks more—he looks more ruthless and more cold than like you know Undertaker. You know, after all the stuff Undertaker's done. Oh, to definitely, people. yeah. Though somehow he's still getting cheered by some fans. 
Well, you know, some asshole. So weird to to watch something like that and then still cheer. Well, I remember, you know, guys in in school around time they absolutely adored the rock like you know older like 18 year old guys in, in, mm. when I was in, in, in school they're all like big rugby sports heads they thought you know fucking yeah the rock yeah and they're all doing fucking creatine powder or whatever the fuck you know the rock was like a big it was over massively there but what I think I don't like is the fact is that when guys who aren't normally wrestling fans are kind of getting into it you know we mentioned before this kind of like rowdy kind of fans who are just kind of getting into it around this brief period it just comes out this level of excess is too much and I think yeah. that they yeah. that, those kinds of fans were expecting that now and yeah bloodlust whatever about Foley I understand Foley's in the position he's the champion he's got a you know this is his first and only kind of bell, you know match as the champion going in biggest money he probably ever was going to make in his career this one mm-hmm. pay-per-view but it was too much way too much from my point of view yeah same I agree It's for me it's the first 15 minutes or so of the match uh, fucking brilliant well paced awesome spots nice back and forth and then the last five or ten minutes is just really, really far too much, and I don't like yeah. watching it at all. It's yeah. horrible. The, the most heartbreaking thing about this is the, is the moment in Beyond the Mat afterward when his daughter runs up to him. Yeah. Backstage, backstage, she's she's she looks mortified. She's <laughs> well, crying. She thinks her dad's she's dead. She just she just runs to her dad, who's covered in blood, and the moment where um, he turns to her and says, "Oh, it's okay, honey. It's just a boo boo." I remember that's one of the most that what only lines I can remember from Beyond the Mat, and it breaks my heart. Oh, <laughs> Absolutely breaks my heart. Yeah, uh, Foley's plans to go to Disneyland. I don't after this match. I don't think pan out no. so well. But uh, Foley leaves on his own on his own will on his own two feet. Doesn't take the stretcher. Gets a huge ovation from yeah. the crowd. It's hard for me to really. I mean, I think the match is too much. I think it is is way overboard and it set a bad precedent, especially for Foley himself. You know, you, you'll never top that, Mick. You yeah. know, and he really pigeonholed himself in many ways. And everyone expected match. him to. That being said, in terms of like just an emotional fucking roller coaster, it's it's one of the most it's one of the most like gripping matches. Oh, it's ever. a masterpiece oh, yeah. in that regard. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Very very difficult one to, to look back on, but uh, yeah, Foley also gets tended to by this incredibly scary looking Doctor Scary. Yeah, He's back Dr. again. And then we go back to Cole and King who just run over the Royal Rumble rules. I think as everyone has to take a moment to have a little bit of a fucking breath. Yeah, let's chill out a sec, shall we? If ever there was a moment to have a fucking Divas match, <laughs> this would have <laughs> yeah, been it. Yeah, uh, yeah Craig have been kind of taking on a bit of a ride here. But it's now time for the 1999 Royal Rumble. 30 men will enter and the last man standing will receive a championship match at WrestleMania 15. Damn, sick and tired. Sick and tired. Sick and tired. Watching you walk around with that Contract, which gives me a title shot at the Rock. He did it! 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 He did
one of the 30 participants. All you have to do, Austin, is defeat The Undertaker in a buried alive match. Stone Cold is a competitor. Mr. McMahon dangled a piece of meat. That being a shot to be in the Royal Rumble. And Stone Cold bit. Amazing promo package here. So, so much brilliant. Vince Mate, repetition. I've yeah. written down my favourite ones. Of course, you've got damn sick and tired. Sick and tired. Sick and tired. Oh, 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 Austin. <laughs> <laughs> he did say Austin a lot. <laughs> five, 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 fired. Amazing. Great promo. So brilliant, yeah. It's basically, if you've not watched the first like 10 episodes of this podcast, you listen to this bit here, you basically get Austin's entire... Uh, Pretty much, yeah. Austin's it's... long, amazing road. Great story. Quick ride. little catch-up there. You know what? For all the little bumps and hicks, you know, little problems here and there along the way, as a whole, it is just fucking... It's great, I think. Oh, yeah. it's fantastic, yeah. 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 It's been and going on for nearly a year now as well. And they've built a, such a fever pitch here. People are just like... People you can hear the audience are like... They can't fucking wait. Even after what they've just seen, straight away they're like, oh no, Austin's going to get his hands on McMahon. This is finally Finally time, yeah. It's amazing. The whole package is... It's one quick qualm I could have with this. The whole package is based solely on the Austin-McMahon feud. Now, there are 28 other guys in there. Yeah. You've got some good well, you know, studs in there, you know. This this match is not about the 28 other men. No, no not This at all. match is not at all. This, this match is about progressing the story between two of these men and then the bit halfway through they're once again sacrificing a marquee kind of match for the purposes of the remember we had with survivor series yeah Yeah. you could argue as well it happened with king of the ring with that tournament being marginalized and now the royal rumble itself whilst i do think this royal rumble as a whole is it's a a really good match it does suffer because of that lack of focus yeah Mm. because obviously there are going to be bits of the rumble where austin mcmahon aren't there but that being said, I have to say, I, I just like the, I suppose, you know, I like the creativity, you know, this is kind of the good stuff that you would get from, from Russo, he's kind of like, hey, what if yeah. we, we use the rumble or whatnot, yeah, and as well, make it a separate thing. I mean, it's, it's kind of cool as well, because for this is the first rumble I would have seen as a kid, 
And obviously then, with this is kind of all this weird shit that happens, it made me always then look forward to the Rumble because I'm like, Jesus Christ, you know, anything can happen. Yeah. I mean, this Rumble, we don't get it many big surprises or massive returns, which is kind of a staple at the Rumble now, but it still goes down as one of the most unpredictable Definitely. Rumbles, I mean, Rumbles ever. Rumbles nowadays, when was the last time there was a Rumble that had a story going into it? It is just a match. Really. Yeah. It's you get like it's, the contenders. It's its yeah. own match where a few storylines play out, whereas this is a storyline playing out, you know, using Violent. the match. Yeah. 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 We get, I completely forgot this is going to happen. Uh, this is a weird story. I don't know if we actually if we should tell it or not, but Austin coming in on the the, uh, the, uh, the eliminator. The eliminator. The eliminator. There was an episode of, of a while back. It was three or four ago where um, Kevin. I think men- it was longer than that. Kevin mentions that Austin came out once in a uh, stretch limousine monster truck, and he was editing the episode in the living room with me, and he was just sat there and he listened to himself say the line. There was a stretch limousine monster truck, and he just very quietly under his breath just said. It was called the Eliminator. <laughs> <laughs> it just sounded like such a serious legend of old. The Eliminator. <laughs> the Eliminator. Austin is not allowed into the arrow into the uh, into the pond because he has not got a limo. So he comes in a white stretch limo that is on top of four giant monster truck wheels with an American flag. In it. <laughs> God damn it! Jack Swagger needs to come out of that with Zeb Coulter. That's all I'm saying. I fucking love that. Absolutely brilliant. Yeah, what a vehicle. You know, uh, again, Austin Hot Wheels booking here. Like, but, yeah. you know, I love it. Then we get Fink reading over the rules and in the process enraging Jerry. Yeah, the Jerry killer. gets so mad. He says, we've only got an hour. Is there anything else you want to say, you moron? <laughs> Poor Fink. <laughs> we also get three um, of bizarre signs. Uh, we, we get one, which is just a, a, another take on the Austin 316. We get drunk 365. <laughs> For which, fuck's which, sake! Which really, which really made me laugh when I saw it. Then on the hard camera, we have at least... <laughs> 15, just not even anything before it, just 15, like again, 316, just 420 signs. Brilliant. 15 of them on the hard camera. Jesus. And the strangest sign, which is just to the right, which says, wanna catch a weasel? Put a snake in the White House. Just a what weird... What a riddle. <laughs> what a riddle to just put in a sign. Yeah, it's literally the Riddler, right? Like, yeah. you. <laughs> What the hell? If you want to catch a weasel, Batman, put a snake in the fire. <laughs> it's Jake the Snake running for president at the time. Yeah, I knew there was someone up when there was a giant big box with a green question mark on it in the middle of the <laughs> ring. <laughs> I do realise one sign I want to do. I want to go back in time, go to an out share a pay-per-view and have a sign that says 420-365-316. All the numbers. All the rude numbers. <laughs> The number one entrant is Stone Cold Steve Austin, massive pop. Number two entrant comes out, Mother of God, the size of this man, representing Ibo Pro. It is Vince McMahon. Oiled up. The Oiled up. Fucking state of him. Coming he looks out here. Insane. No top on him, wearing his Wranglers. <laughs> <laughs> he's got a serious rank. He looks ridiculous I think it's hysterical it's brilliant though because when he's coming down the ramp there's actually about 10 or 20 seconds where you do sort of think to yourself like wait a minute is Vince actually going to try and fight Stone Cold because yeah. he's all muscly and oiled up and it's, it's like Streets of Rage or something you get to the final boss it's like a guy in a scene like oh this weasel and he rips off his shirt and he's like oh no he's a big muscle man <laughs> <laughs> He looks like someone's got like a bag of meat, thrown it against the wall, then poured olive oil on it. That's Jesus what he looks like. Billy. Uh, Austin obviously will not be able to get his hands on Vince because he is too slippy from all that. <laughs> so uh, yeah, Austin straight away goes right after Vince and the crowd are absolutely loving it. Austin rarely got his hands on Vince properly, you yeah. know. Yeah, um, just the odd stunner here and there. So for him to actually finally get the you know, proper beat the shit out of him, the crowd just goes as ape shit. Uh, so yeah, Austin beating the holy bejesus out of Vince for a few moments. Uh, 
then the awkwardness starts because we've got a rest of the Royal Rumble to be getting yeah. on with. Yeah. And the strangest side, possibly in the history of the podcast so far, as Goga makes his <laughs> way to the ring. In his last appearance on the on the podcast, we've got a ring that has got Goga, Vince McMahon, and Stone Cold Steve Austin. He hesitates on the outside because uh, Golga's playing the smart game of uh, I'll wait until uh, they're on the floor a little bit then I'll come in because yeah. obviously they won that 100 grand what I like about it as well is that I've clearly stopped watching WWF Royal Rumble and I'm watching some shitty mashing man WWE 13 career wrestler <laughs> ooh here comes Batman now he is the intercontinental <laughs> champion ooh he is in a rivalry with the Joker they will have a hell in a cell match in Gotham City <laughs> Golga comes out what I love about it Golga comes out and the crowd he's over the crowd all yeah. waving back yeah. and forth second his music stops he, they all like no <laughs> not for you yeah Goga comes in basically turns heel by going after Austin think of all the Cartman dolls he could buy with that yeah, hungry brand McMahon hightails it and Goga gets eliminated by Steve Austin so now we got Draws coming out but before Draws can make his way out we get a bit of a corporate trap as Austin hightails it after McMahon they go under the bottom ropes and not Austin, eliminated. not eliminated. That's important to remember. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of technicalities. Yeah. There's a lot of like, a lot. the time that Great Carly eliminated himself, or Randy Savage eliminated himself, but then was <laughs> let back in because he didn't mean to. Um, <laughs> to actually happen. So yeah, uh, Austin gets set by the corporate trap and, in the women's uh, bathroom, in the women's bathroom no yeah. less. And uh, draws then is just back in the ring, and like the man he is, refuses to do anything. Just, <laughs> just stands there. there. Yeah, like, Chilling out. Well, I guess I'll just wait. All right, now we got Edge coming out, entry number five. Looking Mm. like a maniac. I love Edge here. He looks insane. Not many guys after that big angle we've just had there. It's kind of like, hey, you had a WWF title match, rocking mankind, and you had Austin McMahon. Now he's Edge and draws. By all means, the crowd should just go, fuck this. But Edge comes out with fucking serious. Piss and vinegar, and he just goes right after draws, and they have a really they set great a really fast pace. Yeah. yeah, brilliant. And then number six, the man, the myth, it's Gilbert. Thank <laughs> God he's finally showed up. It's the man, Tom Gilbert. Oh, he can win this whole thing. Okay, you're not serious. Well, maybe not. Gilbert is going to. Who will be number one? Who will be his first victim? Those chants. Afraid of his own uh, pyro again. I love that. He's got sparklers. He's got a little bit of a a fire extinguisher. Gilbert. (laughs) Uh, And Gilbert basically gets eliminated straight away. Poor Gilbert. Yes, he's on the rope doing his little taunt just to say, yeah, I'm in. Knocked off. It's very (laughs) funny, actually. People talking about how this is a real golden era for wrestling, etc., etc. In terms of storylines and whatnot, we are seeing a lot of great stuff. But in terms of roster depth, the the main event scene, IC scene, that's great. But outside the top 15, 20 guys, it's fucking shallow. I mean, you've got to put in Gilbert and Golga in your rumble. And Tiger Ali Singh. Number seven coming out. It's our main man, Steve Blackmensch. 
Uh, we get shots of Austin being stretched out of the women's bathroom. How undignified. So yeah. odd. It'd be funny if there's a bit of toilet paper. Je- Jerry, says it, Jerry says it a bit too uh, happily. He's like, going to cut to the women's bathroom now. Every time, every time he, he, there's a little bit of, you know, a little bit of menace in his voice. Yeah, let's, uh, let's cut back to the women's bathroom. <laughs> so um, Blackman is the first of many men who was announced by, by Michael Cole, not the king himself, by Michael Cole, as being one of the king's picks. Therefore, meaning he is doomed to failure and obscurity straight away. <laughs> he thinks Batman is going to win the Royal Rumble because he's been in the business for 30 years and has learned nothing. <laughs> All right, number eight coming out. It is our man, our main man. This is sad now. We're getting a lot of last appearances. Yeah. You know? Last appearance of, of Goga, as we mentioned. Uh, also last appearance of this man, Dan the Beast Severn. Now, can we just make it clear? His name is Dan Seven. Yep. Dan Severn, not Dan Severand, which is what Michael Cole has <laughs> always, called him. Yeah, they always say Every, Severand. Severand is what they called him this Severand. Time. Yeah, I just That's don't shocking. know why we do it. <laughs> of course, but, but Severand had come back recently. We had mentioned, you know, with the whole broken neck gimmick and yeah. stuff like that. This was Severand only had a few more matches and then he was on his way, sadly. Really strange rumour about Severin in the Rumble. I don't know if you guys heard about this. There's a long-standing myth that Severin had paid a, a, apparently a sum of money by, by bookmakers to actually go into the Rumble and do it as a shoot and like just take people guys down <laughs> really? and not get eliminated. That, that would have been insane. Now, the only time I've actually heard anyone call on that was I think there was a shoot with Shamrock uh, that he did and he was like, no, no, that couldn't have happened. But it's like the idea. That, that would have well, been brilliant. As soon as yeah. he gets in the ring, he takes down Blackman. Just yeah. immediately, yeah. Blackman's on the floor and he's just nailing I'm the shit I'm going to miss Dan Severn so It's much. his last appearance. And you know what? I have to say, I fucking, I love, I just love Dan Severn. I love that, you know, you know, we we made the video and stuff like that. People seem to be, you know, like, we've got a load of people on Twitter about Dan Severn Twitter pictures and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, think, I think it's cool. It's Dan, a shame we're saying goodbye to him so yeah. soon. You know what? Dan was very unorthodox, but he had a very, very long and very successful career in wrestling outside of WWF and also in, you know, UFC and MMA. Uh, check out, Dan did a great fucking podcast with Cole Cabana. I was about to say yeah, exactly the same thing. Yeah. Really, really good. And, you know, we, we, we actually go on here, you know, Dan Seven, he's a killer, he's so scary. But he looks like that, but he is actually, he's like, the nicest guy ever, like. He looks like the most evil man on the planet, but he listens to a podcast and he's like, I don't know, I just don't like the taste of beer, I'm more of a kind of guy who likes cheesecake, you know, <laughs> what a fucking awesome dude. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, Dan Severn is the man. Uh, yeah, we're kind of sad that we're not going to get to see him anymore. So uh, we got number nine coming out now. A real chance that we are scraping the barrel. Tiger Ali Singh, a man so important and relevant that his entire entrance is skipped. I love yeah. that. The director and the uh, vision mixers are on top form tonight because you literally see him at the top of the stage and then it cuts straight away back to Stone Cold being put in an ambulance. Yeah. We literally can piece together Austin's entire journey to the... You know, you're going to cut back at Austin film that is NHS form. <laughs> I'd rather see that than Tiger yeah. Ali Singh. Though. Right, apart, apart from, is it Capital Carnage, yeah. where he turned up, I mm. have no idea who Tiger Ali Singh is. So. Well, he's a piece of shit. He's no good piece of shit. You don't need to know much, I don't really. need to know either. Yeah. When they cut to outside and Stone Cold's been loaded to the ambulance, there's so many people outside. Yeah. There's yeah. people who didn't get tickets. Yeah. And just so happen like they just so happened to just see what we must stay for if like we just see Stone Cold coming out on the stretcher I mean being put in what's in happened the ambulance. No, in, in fairness if the arena is sold out and they're letting people into like the concourse or whatever it stands to good reason if you're sold out and you can't get there you might as well hang around because you would always yeah, get it's back, wrestling you know wrestling know. backstage well I mean whatever right now but back then there was always a you know, hardcore title match mm. some reason they would go out yeah. into the back 
<laughs> just imagine like if you like if, if you thought it was real. Does you see Stone Cold potentially your hero? Yeah, coming what, out being stretched off. What, what if you were hanging around outside the arena when Shawn Michaels got killed on Monday night? Walking by, throw here you go, buddy. Throw him a bit of change. <laughs> Come back from Austin being taken away to a very silent ring. Get it? I mean, we mentioned this yeah, actually in the very first episode of this podcast. Battle Royale type situations, there's two phases and there's filling up and then someone comes in to, to ease off yeah. the pressure, yeah. so to speak, and the ring is filling up at the moment. And mm. When the ring fills up, there's not much that can happen. Number 10 comes out, it is a brilliant individual altogether, a member of the Job Squad, finally making his debut on the actual podcast, despite the very months before on, on the show, is the Blue Meanie! Finally! What a weird rumble. Yeah. You look in there, you've got Tiger Alley C, Dan Severn, Blue Meanie... All different shapes and sizes. They've got variety, I'll give them that. Me does a little dance. I love that dance. And so fucking at cool. one point, Ed just goes over and bitch slaps his gut. It's really <laughs> fucking, it's really mean, like. And uh, Meanie is scooching up his pants quite a bit. So number 11, uh, the buzzer comes and we get no one appearing. All of a sudden you see backstage, Mabel is smashing Mosh. No, <laughs> not Mosh. Why did they cut to that? Why, why did we need to see Mabel smashing Mosh? Because Mosh obviously was meant to come out as number 11. And not, Mabel... Thrasher wasn't, was, didn't come out in this Rumbles, which is strange. They only have one half of a tag team. Yeah, just Mosh. just happens. Mate, happened guy, with Legion of Doom only Dross came out sorry oh, sorry mate Tiger Ali Singh has to get out <laughs> you were less than Tiger Ali Singh and Gilbert fuck me Ooh, I, I would, what, I would, an insult. what an insult so Mabel comes out Mabel wearing the, the world's largest suit he is yeah, <laughs> size of that fucking waistcoat fucking he look, he's a big party sized bag of treats this man <laughs> uh, he comes out he eliminates Dan the Beast Severn and fuck Blackman fuck you Mabel fuck you Mabel eliminates Tiger Ali Singh you're the man Mabel I love you <laughs> love you buddy he eliminates Draws in the Blue Meanie. Fuck you, Mabel, you <laughs> piece of shit. He's got rid of my favourite men. Gone. Boom. Gone All gone. Him. So then we got number 12. It's a, you know, this again, we get this quite a lot where ring is cleared. It happens like three or four times in, yeah. the, whole, in the whole night. It's insane. Hmm. So Mabel's there on his own and out comes the road dog Jesse James who eliminates Edge. Now, something very strange happens now before Mabel and road dog can go off it. Lights go out and all of a sudden chilly music and whatnot plays and we get... The Undertaker, the Acolytes, Midian, and Paul Bear all heading out. I mean, the Undertaker's not in the rubble. What's... The Acolytes and Midian are in the ring. Mabel's now out of the ring. I think I saw Mabel go over the top rope, too. Well, keep in mind, Kate, what the Undertaker said. There would be a sacrifice at the rubble. Another lamb would be led to slaughter. Taker has re-emerged after being buried alive and being He's in come the back sex dungeon. Satan. He is pretty much here. This is going to be a large point of the podcast going forward. Satanic cult goat Undertaker. He looks terrifying. He's mm. wearing these black robes. He's got pointy fingernails. And now it's time to talk 
a little bit about how this wacky group got together. Now, myself and Billy saw old Midian, old Dennis Knight, former Big Break player turned uh, sex dungeon slave. Yeah. yeah. He was kept in the sex dungeon for a little bit. Now, the next week on Raw, it was time for the big ceremony to get Midian to finally join the, the, the ministry. Midian had been seen coming uh, uh, out with them. They all, he was strapped to the symbol. He was brought out. Undertaker is like, there is going to be a sacrifice. And I was like, oh shit, man. Now, as you do, as you want to go and grow and get into a new stable or whatever, Undertaker, he slits his wrist. <laughs> oh, one sec, sorry. Yeah. He slits his wrist. Sorry, with a ceremonial knife. His own wrist. Yeah. Undertaker, live on Monday Night Raw. Yeah. In the ring. Oh no, up on the stage, but the Titan Tron you can see, right? And there's a big zoom up on it. So he slits his wrist and he squeezes it, and all the blood goes <laughs> into a goblet. God. Welcome everyone to Monday Night Raw! <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ, he slits his wrist! Slits his wrist, pours all the blood into the goblet, the ceremonial goblet, and he's all like, <laughs> and then he gives it over to Midian and he gives a little drink of it. Oh my <laughs> Jesus! This is the scariest thing! And now Undertaker's like, you have my power, or whatever. No wonder there's so much hepatitis in Fucking <laughs> 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 drinking each other's blood, for fuck's This sake. is professional wrestling! <laughs> what the fuck is going on? Well, whatever happens, uh, this... this giving him the power of the Fiend or whatever it doesn't really work out Midian obviously slows down a bit because he loses all his matches <laughs> and is jobbing on Sunday Night Heat from henceforth oh, so that is Jesus. Midian that was on that was on Raw a man sitting his wrist and then drinking the blood that is insane yes that, that yes it is yes attitude error never coming back lol Jesus <laughs> Christ Imagine if they had Twitter on during there, like, hashtag Undertaker's slit his wrists. <laughs> also joining this happy group of people are Farouk and Bradshaw. Yeah. Last time we saw these guys, they were squandering away and seemingly going nowhere as singles wrestlers, yeah. failed pushes and whatnot. Now, the two of them, late 1998, showed up together again. They had weird symbols written on their chest. Mm. They appeared on Sunday Night Heat, bet the shit out of the Hardy Boys, just like lay them to complete waste, like stiff them, you know, proper Farouk and Bradshaw taking advantage of young guys kind of stuff. Yeah. And all of a sudden, who appears but the Jackal? The Jackal, of course, who was in the original guys who put together uh, the Truth Commission and also the, the Odysseys, who would go on to be uh, Cyrus, the network guy in ECW. Oh, right, yeah. Okay. Yeah, so really great talker. Everyone in the locker room WWF absolutely hated him. Now he appears and he's got a you know a nice suit on or whatever, and he's got a, a, a tie pin which has got the acolyte symbol on it. You know the oh, one okay. they have on the side of their tights. Yeah. Now straight away I'm massively intrigued because they weren't aligned with the Undertaker yet, and there was this weird like thing. So and there could be a new faction coming. Yeah, some weird dealings going on. They always imply that you know the the. Uh, there was something weird about the jackal or whatever, mm. and you know, he had weird, you know, dealings. And he just goes on the, the microphone headsets and Shane McMahon and, and Michael Collar are like, What the hell's going on in here? You know, who are these men? What are they doing? He goes, You don't need to know nothing right now. All you need to know is that violence turns me on. <laughs> <laughs> Woo. And you never see him again. <laughs> <laughs> Paul Ellering Volume 2 right there. Jesus Never Christ. Never see him again. That's you, all he said. Died of auto-erotic affiliation <laughs> in the hotel room. <laughs> Bradshaw caught him having a wank over <laughs> And he's like, what the fuck are you doing? Get out of here. Um, that is the problem when you're managing two men who turn you on, obviously. Yeah. Never see him again, and then all of a sudden the acolytes there were just, you know... They joined the ministry. You know what they say? One minute you're beating up guys and turning on some dude. <laughs> the next minute you're up keeping a sex dungeon on Raw. 
That is the ministry. They've now got their new guy. They have taken Mabel, mind, body, and soul, and he is taken away to the back. Yeah, so they're kidnapping Mabel, yes. and like you said before, they kidnapped Dennis Knight, turned him into Midian, mm-hmm. they've recruited the Acolytes. Yep. We can assume that he's going to recruit Mabel. Yes. Why? Like, honestly... Like, Mate, former King of the Ring, Mabel. Yeah. You imagine you're an undertaker, you're like, right, I'm getting together a posse, I want all the best guys I can get. I know what I'm going to do, I'm going to go and get that rotund dude I've seen just waddling his way into the ring now. <laughs> I'm going to stuff him in a hearse and then make him part of my gang. It was really easy to imagine Undertaker and Paul Bear, like, you know, watching, like, main event of SummerSlam 95, him and Kevin Nash. It's like, man, this match is really shit. This is our guy. <laughs> Do you think they needed someone to make Paul Bearer look smaller? <laughs> I, I, I think, no, they need to have him because if Paul Bearer's left on his own, the other members would start slowly orbiting around him. <laughs> so it used to cancel out the gravitational field. Number 13 comes out. It is Gangrel, another one of King's picks. Yeah. Why is Cole so quick to point out King's picks? Cole King is like, care. here comes Gangrel. He's one of your kicks, picks, King. And do King I, just goes, reckon, like, is King, he? Yeah, do you reckon King just even knows about it at all? Of course just he does. Cole just saying random shit. Road Dog eliminates Gangrel pretty sharpish, though. So, uh, yeah. bad night for Gangrel, obviously. With uh, As well with Mabel. Uh, do you see when they're actually taking him out, Bradshaw falling over? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're all, they're, they're all carrying, uh, they're all like trying to push him out. Then Bradshaw trips over his own feet and just falls flat on his face and gets up, looks around, then walks out by himself. Good you Lord. try carrying Mabel. Fair, I mean, I think the ministry is so cool. It's so over the top and so off the wall. Yeah. It's, you know, it's abducting people. They're like a team from Wacky Races or something, I think. They're just like caricatures of evil people. They're very, very evil. Number 14. Thank God this man is making his last pay-per-view appearance. It is, as we said before, legitimately probably pound for pound the worst wrestler in the World Wrestling Federation. It is Kurgan! Yeah. No, no reaction. Yeah, no notice when Golga came out, people were doing the swaying. When he yeah. came out, nothing. Golga had potential. Kurgan was fucking awful. No one cares. He about was him. dead on the ground. Oh, yeah. definitely. He didn't know what he was doing. He's wearing a little hat as well. Uh, number fifteen. Out comes Al Snow, who was headless as Goldust has nicked it, and now he looks Al- so upset. Yeah, he's like kind of manic. We get a few instances now where, where in the next year or so, where Al like either loses the head or something happens to the head and. He goes a little bit off kilter. Some very memorable stuff happens later on, but I like this, the fact that he's just saying that he hasn't got his guiding voice anymore and he's just like completely off off kilter now. But before he can really do much, uh, Road Dog eliminates Al Snow like a dick. Yeah. Al and Road Dog were eliminating Kurgan together, then Road Dog just pushed Al it's over. fucking heel. Again, heelish tactics from DX yeah. being cheered. Number 16, it is Goldust who Here comes out. A little bit of fire. Goldust who's been showing some heelish tendencies recently. And he DDTs Kurgan right out of his hat. Uh, <laughs> which is quite funny. Uh, Roadog at one point sets up Goldust for Shattered Dream and does Goldust taunt and it just made me feel dirty. That's really, yeah. really, yeah. Roadog rubbing himself. Don't want to see that. No thanks. Deviousness. Number 17 is the Godfather. The ring is really filling up. Godfather comes out the second the hoes leave the crowd start chanting we want hoes we it want takes hoes. him so long to come out in my mind if you're having a Royal Rumble you want quick entrances you don't want really slow draw no, entrances in, I would sometimes say, they're just like playing up for time though because obviously you've got two if the ring, to kill. if the ring is really full and you've got the Godfather coming out I would say take your time because the crowd love Godfather so much yeah here. Number 18 comes out then. You can tell it's time for the uh, ring to be cleared up a little bit because yeah. we've got a lot of men in here. And now it's time for a ring at number 18. Kane! Kane! <laughs> <laughs> 
That's one of my oh, all-time God. favorites. <laughs> if anyone doesn't know what we're referencing there, it's the uh, the draft pick from like 2008 or something. It just like it was doing the countdown, then suddenly Kane appears, and you just hear Todd Grisham go, "Kane!" You better believe I am putting that in right yeah, now. Yeah, right, you are. Kane! So Kane is a busy boy. He eliminates the road dog. Yes. Yay. Kurgan. Yes. Yay. Godfather. Mm. Ah. Goldust. Ah. Huge so, pop from the crowd, though. Yeah, I mean, Kane is uh, has just left the corporation. He's turned yeah. his back on the corporation who had been uh, really, you know, abusing him. So Manipulative. So being, Blackmailing him. Yes, uh, being absolutely horrible altogether. Once again, we've only got one man left in the rumble. Yeah. Kane has been threatened to be going back to the insane asylum because he's defied McMahon. And all of a sudden, the white coats come out. Out of nowhere. <laughs> I thought it was at like the start of a Broadway musical or something. All these guys in white uniforms just come running out <laughs> in synchronization with these guys and dolls on stage with Kane. It is quite hilarious to see all these, like, you know, basically the entire roster of a local indie group has yeah, come out again. Kane beats the bejesus out of all of them and then uh, eliminates himself, which, unlike when it happened with Randy Savage, seems to take this time. So Kane is gone uh, yeah, after a brief flurry in the Rumble. I do love this storyline they're doing with Kane, though. Kane just kind of being out on his own, going like. Fending for himself. Yeah. yeah. It's great. I mean, you know, Russo, say what you will about him, but everyone's got something interesting coming out here. Oh, yeah. And even though, you know, we said that in the, in the build up in the promo packages, they didn't mention most of this stuff. And actually, in terms of the actual rumble itself, everyone's got their little yeah. There's so many things going on here. Brood and the Job Squad are even feuding. There's loads of stuff going on. So uh, Ken Shamrock comes out number nineteen, and as he's sauntering to the ring, Vince McMahon appears with a nice new jumper. And the second he appears, Jerry Lawler somehow becomes a pterodactyl. He's a Beast Wars or something like that, like, you know. Uh, Vinnie Mac joins commentary. Yes. And I like, I like when they're like, you're going to get in there with Ken Shamrock? He's like, oh, are you, are you kidding me? You know? <laughs> Ken fucking Shamrock. Yeah, uh, pretty hilarious. So Ken, again, left another time. One man in the ring. Ken is left to wait out the clock. As, sits around screaming. <laughs> as uh, number 20 comes out, is one leg Billy Gunn. He, selling the injury selling the injury coming out one shoe like, like yeah. a professional uh, doing a little hop skipping thrasher is just backstage going come on bro seriously <laughs> <laughs> you fucking kidding me lots of one legged man in an ass kicking contest uh, jokes made of course yeah. uh, he gets like attacked straight away by Shamrock again going after the ankle which I liked uh, kind of a sloppy press slam as well happens yeah. at the point he yeah. nearly kills Ken Shamrock number 21 comes out it is the big blonde boy it is Test who we recently saw debut yep on Raw's yeah, War. Yeah, we have Tess now. Tess, another corporate man, and another king pick. I was very yeah. sad, actually, that Tess didn't have his music that I know him for. This yeah. Point. Billy, when we get to Tess's real music, as I consider oh, really? it, you're going to have a wait of a time. <laughs> we're going to fucking rock out when this happens. Oh, really? I think I just figured out what uh, King's problem is. You know in the lotto when you can do, uh, was it the bonus? What's a, a lucky dip? A, a lucky dip kind of thing. It's yeah. random ones. That is King's picks. He just went up to the lucky dip and just got like randomly generated six random dudes. Yeah. What are his picks? Let's just go through Test, Gangrel, Blackman. Blackman. So unlike Jerry to pick those men. Yeah, yeah. I know. It's just random, random people. But anyway. You'd think he'd pick the guys 
Solidly corporate guys. Corporate yeah, mm. it's it's peculiar. We cut back again. So much. There's like twenty different things happening at once. Yeah, yeah. yeah. no one cares about the rumble. Let's go yeah. backstage. <laughs> go back. Care about Mabel. <laughs> Mabel has been loaded into the back of a hearse, and the suspension immediately breaks. <laughs> you know, it's like you know the Simpsons when they take it away the the bear and put him into the back of the animal control thing, and they have Barney being put into the back of Moe's van. <laughs> Just like putting him in a big fucking sack of shit. Like, mate, he's if if they're going to keep him loaded to keep him undertaken power Undertaker will die because he, he will want a really big one in a giant big gulp cup alright 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 mate Vader's gone we, we've got a new yeah, we've got a new we've fat got a man new to fat we start, we've got a new fat friend well I like Vader so I don't mind making fun of Mabel as much alright Austin appears Ambulance arrives absolute insanity I love this when this, you see uh, Austin arrive back in the arena and it cuts to Vince McMahon on commentary, he has the most realistic yeah. I have just shit myself kind of face. It's like, hysterical. Like he has actually just shit his pants. It's so realistic. It's what, brilliant. What I don't get here though is that Austin comes out and after the, the count goes down for number yep. 22. Who was meant to be the big boss. Who was man. supposed to be the big boss man. But how did big boss one not come out? I don't know. I think surely Austin... they should all be waiting there. He'll have, yeah. seen, he'll have seen Austin run past him and go out and he's just like... Bossman's writing a ticket just, just for looking, the. Uh, just out. <laughs> he's writing a ticket for the, the illegally ambulance. parked ambulance. Austin, you may be going to WrestleMania, but you've got four points on your license. So you, have, <laughs> you have to carpool. See, Austin comes out, goes straight for Vince, and uh, then he comes back into the ring, eliminates Ken Shamrock. Bossman slowly makes his way into the ring, and number twenty-three comes out. It is Triple H. Austin strangles Bossman with a rope. Yeah, yeah. just comes out of nowhere. Tag rope, yeah. So Austin's like pretty much in the match for the rest of it now. Finally, he's yeah. actually doing something. Billy Gunn goes right after Austin. Boo! Trying Heel. to get the 100 grand. Number 24 making his way to the ring. A man who interfered earlier in the night it is Val Venus. And at this point, the ring is really filling up. And I can't help but notice these guys are not wrestling like it's for a bounty. They had done a thing, like in 98, they had a whole thing where everyone on the roster wanted to get Austin because he'd been causing so much havoc. Mm. And when Austin came out, like literally 10 guys or whatever were all like lined up ready, like, right, Austin, we're going to get you. And like Austin's like is there in the ring and Val Venus comes out. The guys aren't going after Austin. They're still just wrestling like it's a normal match. Yeah. And Vincent commentary is like, "Come on, Billy, why don't you go after the hundred thousand dollars?" And they're all going, "The hundred thousand dollars, guys, come on and get it." And they don't act like it's on yeah, the line. They've forgotten, I guess. It just particularly the careless. corporate guys. Like yeah. it's, it's strange. But uh, Austin eliminates Billy Gunn for having the temerity to try and eliminate him. Yeah. Uh, number 25 comes out. It is X-Pac. And the ring is fucking groaning at the moment. Yeah. And very little can, can happen. And uh, there's, I don't think there will be enough space for a number 26 coming out. Sexual marmite. Yeah, baby. Sexual marmite. Love him or hate him. The second he comes out, King just goes, <laughs> It's so weird to... Uh, I... When I see Mark Henry in a match, I want to call him Mark Henry. Yep. It's so cringeworthy to Come hear Paul call him. And there it goes, sexual chocolate. Yeah. Oh. Mark must be, uh, he must have a bit of a crisis of confidence at the moment, knowing that somewhere in the back of a hearse there is an equally fat <laughs> dude about to take his spot, like, you know. Number 27 heading out now, Jeff Jarrett. Double J coming out with Deborah. Immediately, King says there are two things he likes about Deborah. I wonder what they are. A tits, mate. It's a yeah, tits. Probably, probably yeah, probably is. Yeah, yeah. He's a pervert, isn't he? Yeah. That's his game. I was going to say hands, but yeah, it's probably tits. <laughs> Jeff, Jared, we had, did you guys get to think about the start of this, the, the home video exclusive? 
guys yeah, yeah. before they went he was like kind of just random guys like Bossman kind of go yeah I want the 100 grand or whatever and then Jim Cornette kind of going oh China's gonna go in there and she's gonna learn what it's like to, to wrestle with men and then it just cuts to Jeff everyone's doing it like kind of you know, I want the money yeah. this is a big match yeah, yeah. and Jeff Jarrett just goes yeah man well you got all these storylines going on all year long <laughs> you motherfucker breaking cake <laughs> he thought it was a shoot or something. what I love is the last person they interview is Mark Henry who is just looking slightly above the camera <laughs> chewing in a just a pair of dungarees massive dungarees massive dungarees looking fucking drunk and in there like, I get my big mitts on <laughs> he just looks drunk and he just can't he just Mate, doesn't know what's if happening if you had a foot long shit sandwich you'd be a little gassy too <laughs> yeah <laughs> he's had a bad couple of weeks as Mark yeah transvestite troubles poo sandwich troubles <laughs> so uh, we get you know Bronco Buster from Xbox happening in the ring but again it's kind of the case of so much stuff happening you can't really keep up Number 28, D'Lo Brown coming out, who is now indebted to PMS for yeah. allegedly killing her baby. Miscarriages bring people together, we all know that, guys. Seriously, it makes no sense. You Tom. killed my baby, you he, better work for me he's now. He's working out with the amount of guilt, yeah. I yeah. guess. Obligation. Yeah. It's so sad, D'Lo is, is like, he should be, he's, he's, now, he's never he coming back to this. He shouldn't be anywhere near this story. Absolutely no. blinds there, Arthur yeah. Pundy on this. But uh, yeah, you can tell now that we're coming up to a string that's going to happen soon because we get Austin, he starts going uh, ape shit, eliminates Test, and then Bossman dumps X-Pac over the top rope. And then we have Austin going after Jeff Jarrett, to which Michael Cole says, Austin is knocking the bejesus out of Jeff Jarrett. <laughs> Number 29 coming out. It is Owen Hart coming out yeah, with his sweet nice. Enough is Enough shirt. Yeah. yeah. Nicely Owen Big Hart. Pop. Again. Yes, Owen has recently aligned himself with Jeff Jarrett, who then gets eliminated immediately by Triple H. So, uh, and then we get Austin, who's just, I don't know, bored with the action of the rain. This goes out, dumps a pitcher of ice water on Vince, and Vince looks really upset. He properly does. Happy, yeah. You messed up my Wranglers. Yeah, just... <laughs> of course, Vince is so oiled up, the water deflects. From yeah. <laughs> All right, so number 30, and she's coming out. This is, you know, whatever, a lot of weird stuff. It's hard to talk about China in many regards because of. All the recent weirdness and whatnot, yeah. and kind of to try and talk about her, you know, in a positive light and whatnot, is always tainted tain, tain a little bit, knowing what you know happens later on, her drug problems and stuff like that. That being said, number thirty, China, first woman in the Royal Rumble ever. It was a massive pop, and it was mm. awesome. And China comes out and eliminates Mark Henry, and it's just yeah, the, the really pop cool. is brilliant. That, that Perfect conclusion. Trying to have sex with a man. Yeah. Yeah, and then Mark basically what happened. The conclusion of the storyline was that Mark had basically lied about sleeping with China, and China was just fooling around the whole time just to get back at him. So it was just a nice conclusion to the storyline. Yeah, it was, but it shouldn't have been at the number thirty spot in the Rumble, I don't think, because it's such a cop out. She eliminates Mark Henry, then Austin gives her a clothesline, and she's out of the ring within like because Austin is an equal opportunities ass whooper China had won the corporate rumble to uh, to win this which was a mini rumble with members of DX to get the 30 spot wasn't and it and the corporation to get the 30 spot China also had a match before this on Raw and it's truly one of the most despicable disgusting moments in Raw history uh, I hate it so much why uh, it is a handicap match it was the Stooges taking on China for fuck's um, sake now the idea was that you know China was kind of you know, coming into her own she was getting a bit of the spotlight you know people were Maybe it's because you know she she had you know more confidence because she was getting more of a spotlight, whatever. But people were really getting behind her. People were thought you know that China was actually you know could be a hero. Blah, blah, yeah. Blah. They put her in this match with the Stooges, and the first thing that happens in the match is like the Stooges throw powder in her eyes straight away. Jesus. And then Paris and Briscoe go over and they start groping her. They start feeling her breasts and like squeezing her her, her bum and stuff like that. Now. Fuck me. I love. I mean, I was a big fan of the Stooges in terms of great comedy and all that. 
whoever wrote this or thought that was a good idea to put on TV is just an absolute Too creep. Too old man. They see like this like woman like who's like meant to be the strong role model or you know she's meant to be yeah. like strong independent yeah. or whatever and she's like she's like blind well, and helpless. This is the second time it's happened now where she's been like dominated by men because then they had the they had the uh, the nation. Yeah, where she yeah, got yeah, yeah. humiliated and all that stuff. But like it's just Fucking like hell. whatever about like you know the Rock doing it to be a heel. It was like what what exactly is the benefit of having Pat Patterson? Yeah, you're not trying groping. to put the Stooges over. Yeah. Like, like doing you know, the, considering all like, the weird rumours that always surrounded Vince's inner circle and saying, you know, they, I mean, there were, you know, charges that were put forward, you know, years ago or whatever and all this stuff. Yeah. And to run that kind of angle, absolutely tasteless. No. So, you know, I'd say fair fucks for China for getting this, like, spot. And I didn't like when they brought up Beth Phoenix clearly just to erase her kind of special yeah. thing. You know, whatever China became, I think she was kind of relatively special in this. Yeah, this she'll always be the first. China gets eliminated by Austin, and now it just starts going hell for leather here. Triple H eliminates Val Venus. Austin hits a stunner on Triple H, and Triple H goes right over that top rope. Down to the final four, and a very weird final four, it seems. It's own boss man, Austin and Dilo, but of course, Vince McMahon is still technically yeah. Yeah. in the match. Austin throws out own. And then Austin gets the lowdown from Dilo. What a cool yeah, moment. Yeah, I didn't see that coming. Real, like, I like that kind of, you know, anyone can really kind of win it. Yeah. Because it's weird because it's like, even though the guys you don't think are conceivable winners at the end of this, like Dilo isn't going to main event WrestleMania, but it's just cool that they're... He still hit his finisher yeah. on Stone Cold. Different Austin. levels of the card are all mixing in with each other. Mm. Bossman eliminates Dilo Brown, and then Austin eliminates the Bossman. And now it's Austin Vince, the first two in, and then that's the final two, which yeah, is uh, really quite nice. strange. Austin goes after Vince. Vince gets a sick chair shot. My only kind of gripe here is that at this point, Austin beats the bejesus out of uh, out of Vince for so long, and he doesn't eliminate him. And it makes I know Austin wants to get his hands on Vince, but it does make him look arrogant. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of yeah. like if, if Austin's main motivation at the end of the day should be to get the belt back, which he's been screwed out of. That's what he wants. He can win the match and then carry on beating Vince up afterwards, you know? There's still time. Why don't the corporation come out to help Vince? I mean, they've been eliminated. But that surely wouldn't matter to them. They have been, to walk backstage. the ring before, it hurts. It's bloody sore. <laughs> you end up rubbing the back of your head and looking all defeated. But like, <laughs> Bossman's like, boss, boss just stood there and walking out watching Vince get beaten up well, you'd think like, surely that he would just go back in and any of the corporation would just go back in he's off the clock now he's been exactly yeah. Yeah. you've eliminated mate you're eliminated no, I'm you not winning that hundred grand seriously. I'm fucking on <laughs> uh, so when Austin hits a stunner on Vince uh, they Jerry <laughs> goes uh, Steve is going to do to to Vince McMahon what the federal government couldn't do yeah I'm really amazed they brought that up yeah Rock appears Vince McMahon takes advantage of the distraction and throws Austin over the top oh, rope. He's just taunting Austin. Taunting Austin. Austin wants it now. The crowd wants it now. The shocking sound from the audience. People absolutely did not see this coming. Couldn't believe it. 1999 Royal Rumble winner Vincent K. McMahon. I I was really shocked. Unbelievable. So funny. Austin just loses his shit. He's like, what the fuck? And 
all the corporate guys come in. They have a beer bath. Vince McMahon just pouring beer down, and he's going, "You son of a bitch!" Well, but before that, Vince basically passes out. Like the second that Austin goes over the ropes, Vince just falls back on his back, and he's just lying there motionless. It looks brilliant, though, isn't it? Just it, so he funny. just barely gets him over. Yeah. Such a screw job. It's apps. I one of my favorite like crazy moments. In I the wasn't expecting it at all because especially like how many times. The name Stone Cold Steve Austin was said in the promo. I was like, "Well, it's obvious Stone Cold's going to win." Yeah, yep. that thing's thing And then it got to that, that final four, and I was like, "Obviously, Sto- none of these guys are going to win. It's going to be Stone Cold." Then that happens. I was completely swerved again. What Next night on Raw is War. Vince McMahon comes out and just belated, just screams out at the top of his lungs, "I'm going to WrestleMania! <laughs> I came, I saw." I kicked Steve Austin's ass. <laughs> so we've got a bit of a quandary. The number one contender for the WWE title at WrestleMania is now the chairman of the board. <laughs> what is going to happen? That is the Royal Rumble 1999. Insane pay per view. What a fucking roller coaster. Highs, lows, levels. So the only thing I have to say match of the night and MVP. Adam. Uh, match of the night. Obviously, the I Quit match. Obviously, like as horrible as the last five or ten minutes are to watch, and as tough going as it gets, the first like three quarters of the match are absolutely brilliant. The way it's all paced, the guys are in the microphone so they can talk like every now and then throughout the match is absolutely spot on. Uh, MVP is a little more difficult because obviously, just from performance point of view, I want to say mankind. Mm-hmm. And part of me is thinking like you know, but I didn't agree with him going that far. Yeah. And there's another part of me that thinks maybe Vince McMahon as well, because he did a fucking great job on commentary and you know, being the typical cowardly heel, and he won the fucking Royal Rumble, for God's sake. But uh, I'm going to have to give it to Mick Foley, because yeah. no matter what we say about whatever is too far or what we consider to be too graphic, Mick made the decision to do that, and to sort of write it off as too graphic is sort of like saying, oh, it's not worth it. Yeah, 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 yeah. You've still got to respect what he did. It is a difficult match, I suppose, in that regard, because, I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of got the two things going. It's the fact that it is an amazing... Thing, but it's just it is just slightly difficult to yeah. watch back. I think that's one thing that modern wrestling has really like done with 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 fans is that you were kind of I suppose we're, we're sensitized so much now that when we go back and see something like that, it's just really shocking. Very to us. true, actually. Yeah, that's you know, a very good point. You get like more chair shots in that one match than in the last like six years of WWE combined. Yeah, you true. know, that's insane. So uh, yeah, they've pussied us up a little bit. Yeah, they have. I'm not used to this kind of violence. Billy, match of the night, MVP. Match of the night is obviously, like Adam says, uh, echoing Adam at the I Quit match. It's um, it's it's absolutely phenom- uh, phenomenal. It's yeah. just, uh, just just as a spectacle of what you're watching. It's it's an emotional roller coaster, and both. <laughs> Poor Billy, <laughs> you've been through a lot. I bet, this past few I bet months. you know when we started this podcast, it's like, oh yeah, Billy thinks we we're going to have a good time. But we actually, me and Adam, this is a long, this is a long con. We're just trying to, <laughs> we're trying to fuck with your emotions. We're going to break you down. We're going to make you love something and then see it killed. In <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, but both The Rock and Mick put everything they had into that match, so. I'm going to have to say the I Quit match for uh, match of the night MVP MVP is difficult because mm. and it's exactly for the same reasons that Adam said it's, it's tough like, isn't it Mick's done a lot of stuff in this pay-per-view that you know it's argued that is it's, it's stupid on his part to have gone so far but at the same time it shows you how much he loves this business and how much he loves mm. this company and how much he loves his fans well for me I don't want to necessarily rock the boat in terms of I mean I've obviously got to say Mick Foley for MVP and Match of the Night you know just given 
how historic and whatnot it is. I quit match has got to be has got to be uh, you know my match of the night. That being said, you know I do have some misgivings about the match, which I think we've we've talked about already. But I definitely do want to make sure we have honourable mentions to both Vince McMahon and also for the Royal Rumble match itself. For me, this is the first Royal Rumble I saw, and it always really hit home the fact that the Rumble was completely unpredictable and anything could happen uh, beyond just surprises returns. This was just like insanity in terms of storylines and what actually happens. So definitely honourable mentions uh, for, for that match as well. But uh, that's going to do it for this edition of the Attitude Era podcast. Thank you so much for listening in on this absolutely mega episode the Royal Rumble 1999 thanks so much if you're listening on iTunes SoundCloud or on Stitcher Radio if you want to help us out immeasurably please leave a rating or review on iTunes and subscribe to make sure you get all our episodes as soon as they're put up if you leave a rating or review it's really really amazingly a big help for us and we thank all of you who've left reviews for us so far make sure to follow us on Twitter at AE Podcast live tweeting what raw live tweeting pay-per-views things of that nature facebook.com forward slash attitude era podcast give us a like and keep up to date with what's going on so it is a goodbye from me kevin goodbye from me adam and me billy that is it for this episode we will see you at the same valentine's day massacre bye bye and see ya next time on the attitude era next time <laughs> excelsior match murdoch <laughs> peter parker stone cold steve austin ken shamrock <laughs> uh we'll see you next time on the stanley podcast oh. <laughs> kicks him in the dick so hard his so music hard, plays so hard, so hard. it's 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 sexual online Yeah.